Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vi, vim, or it, it's, and you can follow me on Tumblr at the Voice of Night Vale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use any pronouns, and you can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, don't bother following me. I'm not posting. <laughs> In lieu of following Wyatt, you can follow the show on Tumblr, Twitter, and on TikTok at Word of Godcast. Um, today, we are talking about Supernatural, episode 17, The Born Again Identity, and episode 18, uh, Garth's, <laughs> Garth's Day Garth. Out. What's it called? Party, <laughs> Party on Garth. On Garth. <laughs> Big day for Garth. Uh, Party Big on day Garth. Big uh, It's true. Content warnings for these episodes will include... Content warnings for this episode include sleep deprivation, people being hit by cars, psychiatric facilities, hallucinations, show typical ableism and sanism, amnesia, psychological torture, suicidal ideation, electroshock therapy, drugs, brief mention of body horror, death of loved ones, gore, and reference to alcoholism. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. And yes, you can contact us in that way for other things yes. as well. If yeah, it, so if you want to send if you're if you're not on Tumblr, uh we don't really check our Twitter DMs. <laughs> if you're not on Tumblr and you want to send us a question or a comment, put like um what what word should they put in? Cause we need to cause we need to filter out the spam. Um, should it just be yes put castiel in your heading start every message with castiel and then the rest of the subject <laughs> heading uh and then we will know this would make my email experience 600 times better in general mm -hmm. uh-huh like yeah i got um, an email but at least i remember Cass exists literally so true that's true that's true um there Okay, this time I held myself back from talking after I introduced myself so we could actually finish the intro. Um, I just want to uh, issue an apology for our, like, kind of sporadic upload schedule. It's rough. It's a rough time. Um, normally, when we can't do Sundays, we'll reschedule, but I have been in hell and don't really have a lot of other time to do this. Uh, and editing has been really hard, so... We're like a semi-bi-weekly podcast right now. Please forgive us for your, your free, you free content that we make for you. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is what I get for being in grad school. Um, Fucking librarian ass. Being such a true. busy little boy. That's true. I am. <laughs> um, we do have two asks to answer. Yeah, we have two Speaking asks. people contacting us. Mm -hmm. um, who wants to read them? Um, I can go. I can. I can read the first one. Uh, except my I'll dog's barking, one. so never mind. <laughs> okay, I'll read the first one then. Um, so this person, Anonymous, said, um, was I, listening... I can... I don't... Hmm. This is somebody Wyatt knows. It, yeah, um, we can, we can just say it. it's, it's, it's his username, it's fine. Uh, Ellie Thanathile, um, asks... Uh, was listening to episode 68 and had to chime in. I am the person who has good taste in anime, or at least likes to think so in your audience, and I don't watch Supernatural. That's what I have the podcast for. You do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. But yes, Wyatt is absolutely correct. Nichiju is a classic and will not be besmirched, and I think that Dean watches Berserk because, quote-unquote, Guts is so cool and kills things, and then it changes his life and makes him give up hunting. I love this AU for you. <laughs> so true, yeah. Uh, question... 
There's been a lot of nostalgia for early Supernatural. How would you hosts divide up Supernatural into eras? Kripke slash Gamble eras are obvious, but are there other ways to break it up? Is there a middle era, a modern era, postmodern era? What are the phases of Supernatural and how are they distinct? Non-spoiler answers, if possible. Um, again, thanks so much for the pod. I love hearing discussion about media that has shaped pop culture for the shaped pop culture. Thank you. We love you too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, this is a great question. I can't really chime in because I have not seen past the Gamble era, but I would be curious if either of you have any Well, technically, any I haven't here. seen past the Gamble yes, era I know. either. But I would say from my impression of this stuff, I think probably because it gets discussed by showrunner era. So that is the way I think of it, where there's like the Kripke era where it was, you know, a cohesive story, even though, oh my God, I'm just going to do the whole season five rehash again. Um, <laughs> you, you guys know Kirk Guerrero is the first five seasons there's a reason that five goes together um I do think the first three seasons go together and then like four and five go together and then yeah. six and seven mm -hmm. go together so in that way four through seven also kind of goes together and then I would also say that six through ten goes together for me because season 11 is where I start thinking of it as late seasons and like where the plots start getting sillier, which oh, <laughs> we will boy. get back to for our next ask. But, oh god. Um, yeah, I think see, like the the Dab era and Carver era and Sing um Singer and Sarah Gamble, like the showrunner eras, do make sense to me as a dividing line. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because that basically breaks it in half, where we have seven seasons on one. If we break it into four. Then we have seven and eight in two groups, um, and that makes sense to me. So I think that the way fandom talks about it by showrunner era makes the most sense to me, but I could also see arguments for other reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, generally, um, it's it's kind of difficult for me specifically because um, a lot of like season eight onward is just kind of a smushy blob in my brain, um, just because that's the stuff I've seen the least of. I've probably seen the first five seasons at like two or three times, probably. Um, this will probably be my third time, now that I think about it, watching it fully. Um, but I think aside from showrunner er eras, I definitely think like you can probably separate it by like major plot points. Um, so like one to three obviously ends with Dean going to hell. Four through five is the apocalypse and the whole like oh, heaven and hell thing. I would have said like one and two go together for Azaz for yeah, for Azazel and then three to five is the um apocalypse. Yeah. I can I can do both. I can see both. It kinda I guess it kinda depends on where you're three is kind of a placeholder. The, the goalpost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three is kind, kind of a mess. Of, yeah, it's 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 uh fluid in that way. And then I think six, seven, and eight kind of go together as like immediately post season five era supernatural where it's like mm. okay but also we start the downward slide um and then this will come up again in the next ask i think uh i think it's the finale of season nine or ten uh that marks like the later seasons for me because of a specific plot point um <laughs> and then like i think I think for me, seasons 15 and 16 are... What? 16. Like 14 and 15, you mean? 14 and 15, yeah, that one. <laughs> okay. The secret 16th season that that Supernatural YouTube <laughs> They're channel They're calling it the Winchesters. Gonna exist. They're calling it the Winchesters, yep. Um, 
seasons 14 and 15, I think, are, like, their own separate thing. Just because... I don't even remember half of the shit that happens, but, like, that's, like, we're going, like, 55 miles an hour down a 25 street, and it just keeps, shit just keeps happening, and it gets crazier and crazier, and then also it's the, the Castiel redacted, redacted there's static coming out of my mouth right now. Uh, this is this this <laughs> can be maybe a question we come back to later yeah. on. We could look back on some of the. Yeah, earlier I do think seasons. there's something to be said for like a cast centric error reading where one mm-hmm. through three is precast, but he's haunting the narrative preemptively, uh, and then four to discussed. five is early cast. Six to eight is like transitional cast. I don't remember anything about season nine and ten, um, but like let's say nine through eleven is probably like just static divorce for me era. and then 12 oh is that divorce era okay that I makes think so. sense i think so um, 12 and 13 has whatever tasty shit is going on with divorce era and widower era and all of that and then like 13 to 15 is his dad era so yeah exactly exactly dad if, era uh, is very specific for me i i just want to mourn the lost segue because we have another ass to talk about but i would love to have been able to go speaking of castiel and then jump into speaking the castiel yes um my only insight that i can give on this is like maybe a thematic read of it where i feel like the first five seasons are like you know themes of like revenge and family and then like big into predestination uh Mm -hmm. and just ideas around like uh is is are our actions fixed can they be changed like the show digs into that like quite quite frequently like almost Mm -hmm. every episode um and now in this era it like it's a lot looser and harder to define thematically but we are getting um sort of vibes of like uh do it like whether you can be forgiven for things um whether you can like uh change or come back from like something terrible that happened to you like Mm -hmm. we've had dean's like constant drinking and his numbness we've had sam's uh mental issues we have the stuff with castiel in this episode um which which i think is good if you're gonna continue the story um after a whole big event like having it be like recovering from that event or like whether or not you can consequences yeah but like that's the that's the that's the good seasons six and seven (laughs) that could exist that there's like a little bit there you can reach Mm -hmm. but like it isn't there anywhere near as heavily as like the theming was you guys remember eve that was last season jesus fucking christ don't remind me (laughs) do you remember samuel samuel was last season yep god season six was wild anyway i i would i would uh tend to agree um I don't remember later seasons well enough to put a thematic through line to them, but I think six and seven are also like uh, themes of like isolation and apathy. Mm-hmm. Um, because the boys like they've lost Bobby, they're losing all of their tethers. They they're they're on the run because the Leviathan have taken over society, etc. And Dean is like at the end of his rope. He is pretty much willing to let the world end. Yeah. Um, flop era Dean Winchester <laughs> cringe <laughs> okay yeah okay are you um, ready for the next ask next one yeah mm-hmm. let's go alright this one is from our friend Gabe um, Hi, I Gabe. forgot Gabe's URL because I just know how to find them. um 
Isn't it it's Hollywood still Hollywood Babylon Dean? Yeah. Um, okay. Gabe says, hi, I have a very important question for the three of you. For Wyatt, do you think Supernatural has jumped the shark yet? And for Emma and Ash, without giving out specific plot points, but just saying seasons, when do you think the shark was jumped? I'm not saying when you stopped enjoying, but more like when did the plot and world get so ridiculously massive you can't recognize the show anymore? Wyatt, you go first. The Slice Girls! It's the Slice Girls! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so we jumped the shark last week. Like, yes. Well, no, Wait, it was, it was, a little it was two that. weeks ago, but but yes. We've been Ugh. doing this for a year, and it jumped the shark now. Well, yeah, I mean, there have been other moments. It's just, like, everything else I've been able to be like, okay, this is the TV show. Like, it's hard to... When you're a show like Supernatural, it's hard to jump the shark because truly it is a, like, anything goes type of show. Like, we talked about the fact that there's no consistent cosmology, that it's very, like, writing the show week to week in a way that's, like... In the way that's similar to comic books, where, like, an individual run could jump the shark, but, like, you'll always bring back the character, like, things will always keep happening, and there's stuff that everyone's just like, yeah, we're not gonna talk about uh, that thing that happened with Psylocke, just, like, wipe that from your minds, we're, we're rebooting <laughs> this character, like, don't worry about it. And this show doesn't do that quite so heavily, but it is similar in terms of, like, yeah, we're just not going to talk about that thing that happened and just keep on trucking. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it it's weird because like, I don't know. I haven't seen Happy Days, uh, but I think the original point of like jumping the shark there is like they were running out of ideas for that show and just like going wilder and wilder to the point where like, yeah, he's gonna jump. He's gonna jump a. Was he on a jet ski? Was he on on I water think skis? It was a jet ski. Regardless. It's like, yeah, I don't know, like, who cares? But Supernatural has kind of always been who cares? <laughs> like, I don't know, let's do this, do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely, I think that if there's an actual point for, like, if there's a, the closest comparison to shark jumping I think I could probably make is when they stopped caring at all about the creatures that the boys were fighting uh which honestly happened pretty quickly (laughs) like um particularly because like you know seasons one to three they're they're fighting monsters uh most of the time it's not great but they still try to do the research to some degree even if like they get stuff wrong or they kind of just like twist it to fit their thing um but like i was still pulling stuff out of those episodes um the folklore corner has really dried up in terms of like. <laughs> yeah, they stopped making things up. Wh- now we just use the same three monsters over and over again. It's like, oh, it's yeah. demons again. Wow, I'm shocked. Or, or like when they do use a monster, it's like they don't even care. It's like, yeah, I don't know. We're just gonna use this thing. Um, most of most of what is the the folklore corner now is so this is entirely fucking made up. Yeah. Here's um, what it actually is, and it's just a total delineation. That's that's what and- it is now. <laughs> I think there's sort of a, there's a thing of, like, once a story goes on long enough, it starts to be almost, like, sort of self-cannibalizing or, like, myopic, uh, if that makes sense, in terms of, like, Supernatural has just become Supernatural. It is just doing the Supernatural thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, taking inspiration from stuff outside of it really except for when it's just doing like a funny pastiche or whatever like oh we're gonna do a western but like Mm -hmm. it's not interested in 
showing things off or like being inspired by stuff so much like if it's using a monster it's to an end it's not because this monster is cool and because the boys would have to do something interesting to fight it it's we have this plot we want to do we'll just shoehorn this monster into the situation in a way that just benefits like what we want to do rather than letting the monster let us like follow the story like again the um oh what was it called the um i think you roadkill because that's what i'm thinking of that was a good ghost story yes well yeah roadkill was a great ghost story uh, i'm thinking of the bad example the one that we just um did not long ago um the uh um the adventures in babysitting episode um mm. what were those monsters oh, called vitala Okay, thank you. Yeah, the Vitalas, like, we talked about how if they had actually used that creature in a way that it was, like, it could have been way more fun instead of them just fighting it. And it's not like they're, it's not like they have good fight scenes. Like, no. it, it's really stopped becoming, like, the fighting monster show and just solely the, like, character drama show, which, like, it's good to have both of those things. But, like, I don't know, if you watch The Witcher... Like, normally there's, like, an interesting story to do with the monster, and, like, uh, you know, Geralt's gotta, like, study it, and, like, the boys study it, but, like, the, the boys studying it and figuring out the weakness is really always just, like, what weapon can kill it. Uh -huh. Whereas, like, you know, Geralt doesn't always kill the monsters in questions. Sometimes he, like, finds a way to drive them off, or he discovers something, or, like, oh, the monster's actually in the right here. Or, like, I don't know, it does interesting things with monsters. The show has stopped caring about monsters as a thing that are interesting in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't I didn't mean to monologue for quite so long about yeah, that, that but that's my, that's my opinion on, like, the, sh like, it's not really jumping the shark, but it is, like, a very obvious, like, we just don't care anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I think it's season 11 that has the silliest big bad. Um, I'm, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it is season 11, maybe 10. I, again, mm -hmm. don't know anything I about think those it's, seasons. I think it's 11. Um, it's just like, that's so silly. That's just so silly. Um, if it's, you know the big yep. bad of season 11, you know exactly what I'm talking okay. about. And if you don't, yep. then you'll just have to hang on for another year or whatever <laughs> it is because it's so silly. Um, in a way that no, like... You know, Eve was a little bit silly. It was like, oh, there's a monster who's the, in charge of all the other monsters, and she's blah, blah, blah. But, like, whatever. They're raising the stakes. It's season 11 that's, like, absurdly raised stakes, you know? Oh, it's, it's, it is um, absurd. It is absurd. Yeah. It's, it's just silly. And it's not even mm -hmm. like they made that up based on, like, other stories where, you know, Eve, you can talk about, like, um, who is that lady in Percy Jackson? The um, Echidna, I think. Mm. Um or, like, you know, there's a mother, the of mother of monsters figure. Yes. Uh, so, like, they're drawing on something there. Maybe, you know, there's parallels to the character. There's interesting things you can do with that idea. Season 11 doesn't have that. They just fucking made that up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that I think is where the plot gets too ridiculous. Can't wait for the boys to fight the heat death of the universe. Well... <sighs> What's, what about I you, have a, Ash? I have a specific episode. It is season 10, episode 23, Brother's Keeper. Oh, boy. Which okay. is somewhat connected to, to Emma's answer. But that is the specific episode for me. Yeah, this my is... guess is that's where that character first shows up, but I can't say that for sure. Oh, boy. 
It's it's when the events leading up to that character showing up happen, I which see. I guess they do show up. You know what? From the title, I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust my answer and say that I think it's very funny. This is not about jumping the shark, I guess, but that plot line, if I have it correct, is also very funny. And um, if not Destiel, then why? But whatever. But that's just little old me who hasn't even like, seen the season. Mm. It's called. I don't even remember the season if plot. It's about Kane. Hold on, I'm gonna see. It. So anyway, let's talk about the show. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the asks. Reminder that you can send us asks on Tumblr, um, and you can send them in emails if you don't have a Tumblr account, or if you really can't find us, uh, if you manage to track down one of our discords, which is apparently <laughs> how the first ask was given, yes. um, then I guess you can do that. But it would probably be easier just to email us. Just put Castiel in the in the header. That way we can... I mean, I'll know... Listen, if you want to DM me, I don't care. I'll notice if you DM me, like... The people who are DMing me, like, know who I am. <laughs> like, it's fine. I'm not mad about it. It's just like, yeah, you can don't... Yeah, the email is a good way to do it also. Um, okay. Let's finally... We've been here for 25 minutes. <laughs> Let's talk about the show. Um... I forgot to look up who wrote and directed this episode. 717 was written by Sarah Gamble, directed by Robert Singer. Ah, uh, it's like a Sarah Gamble episode. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Uh, thank you. Um, okay, Born Again Identity. Uh, we open on Sam, just absolutely booking it at night. He looks like he's on drugs. People are worried about him. Uh, a cool goth, like, drug dealer asks if he's okay, uh, and Lucifer taunts Sam while this happens. He hasn't slept in four days. The goth gives him something, though, and they sleep in his car. This guy's so chill. This guy's great. Uh, but Sam is woken up by hallucinations, and then he goes, like, running away out into the night again and gets hit by a car. Uh, we cut to Dean bursting in the hospital, wanting to see him. He's in the psychiatric ward. Uh, Dean goes and checks on him. He's really not doing great. Um... Dean wants to try to find a way to help him. He starts calling around uh, while he's doing that. the It's just Bobby's ghost. We know it's Bobby's ghost. I don't care about spoiling the next episode <laughs> synopsis. Bobby's ghost knocks a card on the ground for him to call. Uh, meanwhile, Sam continues to be psychologically tortured by Lucifer, and Dean gets a call back from the guy uh, that Bobby told him to call Mackie. He knows a guy named Emmanuel who has healing powers. Seemed like bullshit to Mackie, but the power worked. It uh, he was going blind in his left eye, and it got he it got, he, it got healed. Uh, Sam makes friends with a woman named Marin, and Dean visits Emmanuel, uh, but runs into a demon instead. Uh, Crowley wants Emmanuel. That's why the demon's here. Dean kills the demon and pushes him down the stairs. And oh hey, guess what? It's Castiel. He has like a wife now, and he has amnesia. <laughs> Uh, Dean manages to keep a poker face through talking to uh, Emmanuel slash Castiel, who has total amnesia and is surprised demons exist. Um, Dean asks for his help to come heal Sam. Meanwhile, That's Sam so asks so about... Funny. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, um, Sam asks about Marin, and the orderly says he's not supposed to talk about it. Mysterious. Uh, in the car, Emmanuel tells Dean that he met his wife by stumbling into her naked in the woods, soaking wet. Hmm. What a meet-cute. Uh, <laughs> just like showing up in a barn and and trying to kill each uh -huh. other you know me cute <laughs> sam talks to marin uh she's very suicidal she's also hearing voices her dead brother who maybe set a fire and sam thinks he's sam thinks he's a ghost in the car dean talks to emmanuel about Cass betraying sam and dean we'll talk about this it's a lot uh they stop at a convenience store dean fights some more demons and then meg shows up and saves him oh hi meg 
they they chat about her not liking Crowley, so she agrees to help escort them to Sam. Uh, Sam, meanwhile, offers to help Marin with her brother. He died a year ago. She has this bracelet he made for her. He's bound to blah blah blah. Go shit. They're gonna burn it. Um, they're burning it. His ghost shows up, blows out the lights, but then they get him. That's fine. Like nothing yeah. really happens there. But like whatever. Uh, meanwhile, Emmanuel's starting to get the sense that Meg and Dean know him, and then Meg just straight up tells him he's an angel. Uh, he figures out it's he figures out that he's the one that Dean was talking about betraying him. It's rough. Um. Anyway, he then goes sicko mode and goes around yes. frying demons, and each time he does it, he gets more and more memories back, uh, and mm. then he is Castiel again. Um, he's having a rough time of it. He thinks he deserves to be dead. He, this is the episode about people being suicidal. Um, Cass goes and saves Sam from the electric chair because this psychiatric ward has just been like fully infiltrated by demons. Um, and then heals him, or tries to, but uh-oh, it doesn't work. So instead, he transfers the Lucifer hallucinations onto himself. Oh I forgot uh, that, that happened. <laughs> yep. So now he's the one in the asylum, uh, and Meg wants to join the psych ward staff to look after him, I guess? She I don't... Him. I guess she loves Whatever him. Whatever they have going on is so weird. I don't... It's so, so weird. weird. I don't know everybody, what's happening. Cass, everybody is just hot for Cass. That there's nothing uh -huh. anyone can do about it, at least of all Cass. She's been thinking about that kiss for like uh, however long it's been. Like a year I would now. be too. I do not blame her yeah, whatsoever. <laughs> I would also be like, yes, I'm. I'm willing to put down my life for this guy. I'm willing to be a nurse. I'm willing to <laughs> pretend to have gone to medical school <laughs> for this guy. And that's the episode. Yeah. And that's the episode. Yep. So, um, first thing, <laughs> this occurred Cass to me this is finally back, and then he's this. not even going to be back. Yep, they brought him and back. Then and then what we like, get but, of him but, when he does come back is terrible. But let's yeah. just put him. We're gonna bring him back and then put him on a bus. Um. So okay. So this occurred to me this morning. It has been less than because because Cass. Cass went Godstiel and then died in the first two episodes of this season. Yeah. yeah. And this is only episode 17. Mm -hmm. It has been less than a year since Cass dissolved into the river. And presumably, like, the next day, he washed up on the shore and, and met... What is her name? Daphne. Sorry, one more time. Daphne. 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 So... <laughs> it's probably been, like, nine, ten months... This man stumbles into you naked in the woods and you decide to marry him and become like full a fully integrated couple. It feels like they've been married for years. It's so funny to me. It's, She's just a yeah. freak. There's literally no explanation for her behavior. She just met this guy in the woods and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring him home. Yeah. Again, everybody, <laughs> it's Cash's magnetic sexuality. Also, I want to point out that um, Meet the New Boss aired in September. Uh, as did seven two, and this episode aired in March. It's been what is that six months? Oh my god! Oh mm -hmm. my god! Daphne, girl, please. She was like, "Did you marry him after a week?" Naked are so hot. That's true. It's insane, and the joking part of me is like, "Okay, well, that's just beard. That's just a lavender marriage right there." But I don't want to undermine whatever uh, emotions are going on in there. But I just think it's really funny. It's, <laughs> it's literally funny. so weird. And Cass looks so uncomfortably closeted this whole scene. 
We're literally so true. He's got like his little cardigan and he's holding her hand and it looks so unnatural. It's like what that's not Cass. What are you doing? Does As, which is also say, what Dean is thinking. Does she have any lines? I think so. Yes, she says things like Emmanuel has a very special gift. I don't oh, think it passes right. the Bechdel test. Yeah. Well, no. no, there's one woman. Well, no, she's well, the only woman in any scene. Is, but Marin is the other still. woman in the episode, but not in the scene. She has one Two she has lines. three lines. She has well, three lines. Wow. One of them. Yeah. One of them is part is two lines in one. Basically, she yeah, says. She, she says. She says three people. sentences. Thanks, Sir Gamble. Maybe four. It's just so funny. It's like, why does she even exist? To be literally, Cass's why does she exist? She. They could have just Cass's found Cass by himself. They, they literally. They literally tried to force Cass into a heterosexual marriage, and then halfway through the episode, they were like, "This doesn't make sense." <laughs> We can't, we can't keep on this charade. Sarah Gamble was like, wouldn't it be funny if Cass, this character I keep implying is gay, was married to a woman? Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> don't even like, don't even think about uh -huh. it, though. Oh, Sarah Gamble, you are so weird about gay people. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's I mean, the funniest thing about this episode. It makes sense. Him being back and married, like, makes sense from a drama, drama perspective, being like, yes. oh, he has a whole life. But they don't do anything with it like there could also, have been girl, maybe been six months <laughs> like where did she go what happened to her like we just end with him in a psych ward and like you're not gonna call his wife like is are they are, are they just done now that he's got his memories back like what it's so interesting that they don't even like question if daphne is supernatural in some way like oh is she suspicious they're just like whatever this is some random woman who married an amnesiac whatever uh-huh Totally normal thing. She's to do, not by a person. Totally she normal. exists She's because you want to she... prove that Cass is not himself right now. And the easiest way for, yeah. for us to do that is to show him being heterosexual. There's no other like. There was no I mean, other way for Cass to come human, back wrong. He has to have human, a wife. Like a metanormative thing of being in a heterosexual marriage. Yeah, I, she also Give exists three more as someone. And there would be children. She also exists as someone for them to be there to be stakes about in this demon scene of her being tied up. Okay. That's yeah, the other true. reason she, she exists. It's, it's entirely is to be tied to a chair. Vapid and empty. Um, um what's very funny which just is just makes the, it funnier. The IMDb image for this episode is Castiel standing in front of her when she's tied to the chair in a way that makes it look like Castiel <laughs> tied her to the chair. <laughs> you freak. Also, she just looks kind of oh, this image is so funny. She doesn't look like scared or anything. She mostly looks like kind of put out. <laughs> I'm just put, really? I'm gonna post this. I'm looking this, at the picture. God, really it's so funny. Like, oh man, she's not even like tied to the chair. Really, the ropes are kind of like loose around her. She's just sort of like sitting, like slumped in the chair. She's like, oh man. I think if you put your arms to the sides, you could get out of that. Yeah, you could wriggle out yeah, of that. Yeah, she could for literally. Sure, yeah, sure. she can literally just slide down. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So, like, not a lot happens in this episode, um, but a lot, there's a lot of, like, conversations we'll have to talk about. Mm -hmm. Probably kind of, like, move through the plot beats pretty quick. My first note is, he jogging. He jogging. Sammy's Sam. going for it. I, to, to be clear to the audience, I watched these episodes last weekend because I'm stupid, so it's going to be really interesting trying to piece together my, my past brain cells. <laughs> I do remember this episode. Anyway. My first note um, is he meets this Tush, nice drug and I don't know why. 
<laughs> I thought is they what? said it, but I searched it in the transcript and they don't say it. My first note is tush. Possibly we get an ass shot of Sam. That's all I got for you. Yeah, maybe we get a booty oh, shot. Oh, yeah, we Probably, do open with honest. an ass shot. It's like the legs running is like the first thing after the recap. Whatever. My next note is Lucifer reading the DSM. He's self-diagnosing. It was so funny. Wait. But that's way later. Isn't that not for another like 10 minutes? Probably. Yeah, that's much later. <laughs> God ass. This is me we're talking about. We know how I take notes. Sam has been awake for five days straight, which is very bad for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should not do that. That should not be a thing. Shout out to this nice drug dealer who's like, okay, you want to sleep? I'll put you right he's, the fuck out. He's so nice. I love it. It's great. Probably gave it to him for free, too. Yeah. Got that good good. He just like saw this guy who needed help and was like, I'm going to help him the only way I know how to. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't help. No. Which I think is interesting. Like, the implication of what like this says about the soul and biology because the problem with sam's brain is because his body is rejecting his soul um or his his mind is rejecting his soul's memories or whatever like it's something to do with his soul and whatever that is is overriding neurological effects Mm -hmm. which is just fun it doesn't actually matter yeah yeah it is pretty cool well i would imagine that there are like there is like a level of psychological distress and and hallucinations that will keep you from sleeping like i don't i'm oh, not absolutely. a psychologist or anything but like there's definitely but like like a physical thing to this but i like that it's got like a metaphysical type of spin to it yeah but like also the it it's definitely keeping him from sleeping normally the drugs probably should have taken him out like even if you're having and then the doctor like, also tries to drug him and that doesn't yeah. work either like there's That's no true. no they chemical. They have to pump him full of yeah. dangerous amounts of sedatives. Yeah. That's um, true. Lucifer has a bit here where he says the longest a normal human being has ever gone without sleep is 11 days. He says, hey, you always want to be normal, Sam. If you are, you'll be dead in a week, which is so good. It's, uh, it's, That's exactly really what he good. sends it about. Mwah. He has a lot of really good lines in this episode. He is uh-huh. like truly ramping up his like assholeness. Um, He's such a dickhole. Oh, I had a thing I was going to say. Also something very funny about you'll be dead in a week, immediately gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. Can he please get a break? Can he please get a break? I'm Can someone give my man's a break? <laughs> I'm um, cupping him like a little like a little bug I found, and I'm bringing him outside. He's a wet chihuahua a thing, of a man. This is, Hallucifer is really compelling to me. Um, but first of all, I just want to mention him, like, after he slams the... So he wakes up Sam up by slamming or, like, making Sam hallucinate a, like, big, like, pipe slamming through the windshield. At first I thought it was real, and I was like, oh no, the drug dealer, is he okay? Um, <laughs> it was, he's fine. Sam just, like, gets up and runs away. Um, but Lucifer is saying, our day is beginning, so good morning to you. It's so cute. <laughs> he's such an asshole. He's um, such an asshole. But, uh, yeah, this is compelling to me, because I have... I, I'm not like I, I don't have it like this, but I do have tinnitus. Um, that like happens sometimes. It's like kind of infrequent, but something sometimes will trigger it, and it takes a while to go away. Um, and like I've had nights where like I cannot escape the sound that's in my own head, and it makes it hard to sleep. And like it's a thing you want to drown out or like run from, but you literally can't because it's inside you. And the like him being like I am inside you, Sam. Like you can't run from me. Uh, was really good. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Uh, then we get Dean coming in. 
he is obviously freaked the fuck out. Um, I think this especially makes sense because Dean literally did die in a car crash one time, except he didn't die um, way back yeah. in season two. You guys remember season two? He was so small. Yep. I remember season two. He was such a little bye-bye. Anyway, yeah, they all they all got in a really bad car crash one time, so I'm sure this is especially bad for Dean right now. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Sam's actually that jacked up. It was a smaller car, and he went over the window window she windshield. Um, but like his deer. face, he does have some like cuts on his face, right? Yeah, the doctor yeah, says he has, has a broken, a broken rib and lacerations, and the psychi- uh, psychiatric problems. Mm-hmm. That's rough, buddy. It's rough. Um, speaking of which, there's a bit here where the doctor says that Sam is experiencing a full blown psychotic episode, um, and Dean. Uh, compares this to Norman Bates where he's objecting to the use of the word psychotic but that's literally what is happening to Sam Mm -hmm. he's experiencing psychosis but of course this falls completely in line with Dean's like view of mental health exactly this is this is Sam can't be mentally ill he is normal exactly he is he doesn't he isn't a quote-unquote psycho but he like he's not feeling the the um image Dean would have of someone experiencing psychosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it, is, it tracks to the real world, too, because this is yeah. how people think about mentally ill people. Yeah, with that in mind, like, this is a pretty good Sam episode, and a pretty good episode for, like, being empathetic towards people who are mentally ill, mm-hmm. outside of the fact that, in both cases, the two mentally ill characters are also haunted by supernatural entities. But, like, still, though. Mm-hmm. I like the Sam and Marin stuff. I do think, to jump ahead to Marin, I do think she is, like, outrageously pretty in a way that doesn't make any sense. No, I was literally, I was God staring at her, women like, have faces, where... Wyatt. No, uh, no I, I was mean, like, like, where did you get hair, that mascara? You are like, in a psych ward. She, yeah, exactly. She like, has, she's... like, a low-cut t-shirt, which is completely not what Sam is wearing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, do you have just... access to a blow dryer? It's very of funny. Of course not, because, like, <laughs> wouldn't give people in a psych ward a yeah. But she has perfectly blow-dried hair. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, I was like... Yeah, her hair... I, I wrote in my notes, like, her hair looks so good for someone, like, who is, like, suicidal in a psych ward. Literally. <laughs> like, shout-outs. Like, she she takes the time. Like, her hair looks really good. But, uh... Yeah, it's just, like... It... It is less believable. At first, I thought she was, like, a ghost or something. Or, like, like he was also <laughs> hallucinating her because... She is just so, like, incongruously, like, put together, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's just women on TV, so it's fine. It's it's true. Um, I really funny. like her, by the way. Like, her her actress, like, did a good job, I think. She's in a bunch of other stuff. She's we'll so talk good. about that she's later. She's in Hannibal. Uh, yeah, she, I was, okay, yeah, you know she's in, you know spoilers she's in Hannibal, okay. I am I was gonna Sorry. say, like, I bet she's good in Hannibal, because she's good in this. She is. Yeah, this is, like, like she's very charismatic. She literally has a bandage on her neck and everything. <laughs> yep. So true. They they look at her and they're like, "Is anybody gonna cut this lady on the neck?" <laughs> An answer. Well, I think in supernatural it was burns, not a cut. But yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, back to the chronology we were paused at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lucifer is doing Cat's Cradle by himself, and then he yes. stops because you can't do that by yourself. You need more than two hands for that. Um, which I think is fun as like he's almost inviting Sam to play with him. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The same way he's taunting him for conversation, he's doing this thing that you can't do by yourself. It would be like starting to play tic-tac-toe. Yep. Playing chess I could also with himself. See 
What if he just... <laughs> they should let me into the Supernatural writer's room. Okay, here's my pitch for Lucifer in this episode. What if he just keeps playing more and more complicated games? <laughs> <laughs> like it starts with he Cat's Cradle, it elevates to Tic Tac Toe. He starts playing chess. He like breaks he out a, a box board. of he breaks out a box of Twilight Imperium. <laughs> Congratulations! There's like three people in our audience who know what the fuck you're talking about. He Twilight Imperium is an is an infamously complicated uh, board game. I figured Lucifer summons Settlers of Catan set. Yeah, he starts playing <laughs> Magic: The Gathering with himself. <laughs> With Sal Yu-Gi-Oh's deck. <laughs> it would be so funny. It would be a good bit. It would be a good bit. You're it right. It would be really funny. I, could, I think Go might be one of those games that you... Hey, Alex. Could you play Go by yourself? Like, which would be more difficult to play by yourself? Go or chess? This is important. I, I think it depends on your honesty with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, good answer. <laughs> anyway. You're your Alex cameo for today. Mm-hmm. Um, um so Dean says that he's gonna find Sam help, and Sam's like, come on, faith healers. Um the last one the last time we actually tried something like that, they had a Reaper on a leash, which is such a good shout out to yep. Faith. Sarah Gamble was like, Hey, remember yep. my top hits? I'm gonna call back my one of my best episodes, yeah. It's like what Stephen Moffat does, but better. Uh-huh. <laughs> because Sarah Gamble can write a good episode most of the time. Yeah, and like this is a Sarah Gamble also like knows how to write the boys having like sweet scenes between each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great scene. Yeah, Sam like, is the, very the resigned way... to the fact that like you knew this might be coming. Yeah, he says Cass warned you, and Dean goes, "Screw Cass." Sigh. He says, "Quit being Dolly freaking Yoda about this." He's such a loser. Yeah, because because Sam's like, I like this is inevitable. Like we knew this is happening. Like if you can't save me, it's okay. Like, he's trying to comfort him. He's preemptively trying to get Dean to forgive himself for Sam's death. Yep. Mm-hmm. God. They're so... Lucifer taunts them in the back. He's like, you guys are having a moment. It's so funny. He's such a little asshole. This is where Lucifer... Dean starts doing some phone calls. Meanwhile, Lucifer is reading the dsm four. Mm-hmm. He is self-diagnosing. He's like, oh, narcissistic personality disorder. Now this one I could have. Yeah, what's the thing he gets caught up in there? He says he's not sure if he has trouble keeping healthy relationships. He right. has thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, what he asks Sam what, is, what he thinks. Yeah, it's really good. Sets on unre- unrealistic goals. Check. <laughs> um, This is where Dean gets his uh, card from Bobby's ghost. Yep. Then, um, oh, God. Then the doctor asks about Sam's rib pain, scale of 1 to 10, and Sam says 3. And the doctor's like, you've suffered terrible agony. I mean, your 10 must be astronomical. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's good. Ugh. It was really good. That was good. That made me very upset. But then it's not actually him, right? It's been Lucifer the whole time. Yeah. He says, the worst is knowing there's always a new 10 because he's going to torture him, blah, 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 and like turns back yeah. into Lucifer. I do like also, uh, Lucifer says, is this just me or is it like the cage? Like comparing this like locked psych ward room um, mm-hmm. as into like the cage in uh, in hell. Yeah, I was going to comment on that. I've been reading the book um, In Their Names, which is about the victims' rights movement and mass incarceration um, and prison Ooh. reform or abolition. I'm not sure which direction it's going in. I haven't gotten that far yet. But yeah, like this is incarceration. That's mm-hmm. a problem. <laughs> Um, 
and then to really make things bad. Sam gets the sandwich, which the sandwich is weird to me. Yeah. Um, because it it has all the makings of a bad sandwich. Like it's just two pieces of like white bread slapped loosely together. It doesn't look like there's any like condiments on it. It's just like a big fat tomato, some lettuce, but then this like really big piece of like almost like meatloaf looking meat that does actually look really good. I was like, what's up with the sandwich? <laughs> like, why didn't they just use like a piece of like like deli meat, like just like a flat piece of ham or something? Deep dives here, Wyatt. I'm just saying, I was like, I'd eat this sandwich. This looks pretty good. And then it's full of worms. Or maggots, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maggots are wormy. They're worm adjacent, yeah. And I like Marin... worms better than maggots. Yeah. Let's move on. Me too. Uh, Marin <laughs> sees him drop a sandwich and is like, what? Sam's like, who? What? Huh? Who's that? <laughs> uh, Dean gets a call back from the guy he called, and he points him in Emmanuel's direction. He says it's easiest yeah, I... to uh, contact him through his wife, Daphne. He got healed, blah, blah, blah. Anybody have notes on this scene? Um, oh, I do like, I like the way Mackie. this guy talks. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, something in the milk ain't clean. Find the sucker punch's clock, right? He goes, right. It's so good. He says, I don't He's believe good. in much that the... don't suck your blood, but I wouldn't call you on a maybe, which is very fun dialogue. I like his voice. Yeah, this this guy, the, they put it, like, this guy could have been just a throwaway dude, but he's memorable just in terms of, like, he's got character in his lines. Um, he's, like, pretty gregarious. He's fun. Mm-hmm. I'd say, bring him back. Bring back Mackie. Show us more hunters. <laughs> This guy is also, like, the platonic ideal of a hunter in terms of, like, what the show thinks about hunters. Like, he's a mm-hmm. he's a cool guy with his car and his nice jacket and his way he, the, like, uh, regular old American way he talks. Mm-hmm. I think he and Lee Chambers team up. So uh-huh. his dad. I love how every. He's... I think all the hunters have a group chat that Dean and Sam were not uh-huh. in. That would be really funny. This guy, this guy talks, is telling the story, like, he's, like, telling a story in a bar, you know? It's like, let me tell you about this time I met this guy. Mm-hmm. My eye was fixed. Sorry, I'm not very good at doing Southern accent. It was becoming Benoit Blanc at the end there. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> it's good, though. I like it. Gravity's rainbow. I think that every episode should have Wyatt doing a Benoit Blanc impression. <laughs> so true. Well, I Just do like declare... Oh, uh, anyway, uh, we Marin, jump immediately Marin next. Again. Lucifer has a bullhorn now. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Marin offers him like a Snickers bar or something. Have any notes on the scene other than the fact that, no, as we said funny, earlier, Lucifer she is incongruously pretty. To the point yes. that he can't hold a conversation. Yeah, and it freaks mm-hmm. out Marin. She just like he starts to like flinch at the. He's just saying like, "I'm Sam. Hi." Yeah, he's like feeding him. He's lines. so maladjusted. Yeah. Um, is it Emmanuel time? Yeah, so Dean shows up and this guy f- says, he, yeah, you found him. Liar. Me, never having seen this episode before, but knowing exactly who Emmanuel is supposed to be. No, you haven't. <laughs> you can tell exactly when in my notes Cass shows up because uh, I wrote, it's my baby boy in very caps, mm-hmm. bad I, handwriting. I wrote hi with eight eyes, all caps, <laughs> and a heart. I like this demon. This demon looks like a, like, preacher at your, like, local neighborhood church, you know? He reminds mm-hmm. me, this might be just me filling in the wrong face to my memory, but I, he reminds me of the, um, the husband in A Very Supernatural Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, the the like the god guy? Yeah. Yeah, I see it. True. Yep. It's the like homey like white guy. <laughs> it's the cardigan for sure. It's the cardigan for sure. Sarah Gamble will just put men in cardigans. Anyway, um then what? Supernatural Christmas was Carver. Or did you mean Emmanuel? No, I mean the characters in this episode. Okay, okay. I don't know if that was her decision. I feel like the costume department would do that, but yeah, fair enough. Well. Um, So Dean is like, hey, you can't touch me. Crowley said no. And Demon says, whatever Emmanuel is, Crowley's going to want him a lot more than he wants you these days. There's Uh so much gay subtext in these dynamics. Uh I know. You haven't answered a single one of his texts, Dean. He's going back to Cass. Mm -hmm. He's leaving you. Crowley, you're such a whore. I do like that the reveal for this demon is not immediately him flashing his eyes, but like Dean just catching the sight of the uh Literally the Daphne curtains are tied open. Up. It's so funny. I like I almost got the sense that like it was a deliberate taunt. Like she could have been put somewhere like less obvious. If I were a demon and like knew Dean's kill count, like I wouldn't want to taunt him like that, but that is like that is demons. <laughs> it's true. Um, name me something more iconic than Castiel and looking up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, literally so true. He's standing at the bottom of the stairs. Our first shot of him is his ass once again. Um, so true. Once again, because we also opened this episode with Sam's ass. Uh, anyway, yeah, so he's looking up at Dean who just murdered somebody. Yep. Yeah, the demon like falls at his feet. Yeah. He does. POV, you come home from... I don't know, faith healing, I guess. And there is a dead body on your stairs. Yep. Anyway, Dean spends this entire scene staring at him. Yep. Mm -hmm. They free Daphne. Especially when Emmanuel is anywhere near Daphne. There's, oh God, at the end of the scene. Okay, so we, we, all that happens in the scene is that we establish he has amnesia. Um, Yeah. He casts, Emmanuel goes, what's your issue? And Dean does this little lip wobble, and then he goes, my brother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 One also, of your issues, many. Yeah. Um. While Emmanuel and Daphne are holding hands, there's, like, a shot that, to me, is the same thing as when Dean and Anna kissed and Cass, like, did a little look down. Uh-huh. I'm perceiving. Also, this is where my notes say they're holding hands. I want them dead from the Hunger Games. <laughs> she like has her palm on his chest. Like they basically told Daphne, like the the direction they gave her was like fawn adoringly. It's true, and she does. Uh, then we cut to Sam. Um, Lucifer is like throwing firecrackers at the ground. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And also, he has spawned in a jukebox that's playing "Wake Up, Little Susie." A boombox, no? Oh, sorry, sorry. I meant boombox, not jukebox. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great if it was a jukebox, though. <laughs> How romantic. Anyway. Uh, it's um, like, I won. Yeah. Marcus the Orderly comes in. He is a black man, so you know this episode yes. is not going to go well for him. Um, yeah. And... Sam was like, oh, what's the, what's the deal with Marin? And he goes, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but here is some information that definitely violates client p- confidentiality. Uh-huh. Why did you say that? Because he yeah, knows no one's know. going to care. Because the plot has to happen. 
You think they're going to believe the guy who hasn't slept in five days? He wants to facilitate a little meet-cute. He's a shipper. I hate um, you so much. I also do like that uh, Hallucifer says, uh, you know, you're keeping it better to get, keeping it together better than I thought. Kind of the way someone under a bus keeps it together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he tells them about the... It's like, she didn't get in here because of no accident, is what he says. And mm -hmm. uh, cut to Dean and uh, Castiel talking in the car. This is where they talk about uh, her finding him naked. Do you think Cass will literally be in a car? Literally so. <laughs> Sorry, that doesn't have um, anything to do with what you were saying. They're just in a car with a beautiful boy. Yep. Uh, where did he get his name, you guys? Um, Bouncybabynames.com. Uh-huh. Oh. And Dean goes, well, I thought you meant like... You. It's so funny. It's so funny. He it's still, so he still good. talks like Cass, he's which still, is great. Yeah, he has the he has the weird like not understanding that things are funny or like yeah. It, this is the most Castiel thing in the world. It's like he says bouncybabynames.com like it's a normal thing to say. Yeah. Uh Dean's like must be weird not knowing who you are. He says, well, it's my life and it's a good life. It's a good. Dean's life. like, what if you were a bad guy? And he's like, I don't feel like a bad person. Yeah, it's so simple. It's, it's yeah. I Dean just being like, oh, yeah. Well, what if you were like, I don't know, bad guy? Is so funny. It is so funny. What if you, I don't know, betrayed your your boy best friend and and what if you betrayed evil, me? Stuff. Just theoretically. What if it's you so like, I love, did war crimes or something? I love watching Dean suffer here and like being mad at Castiel, it's, but it's not so being tasty. able to be mad at him. He makes this little face. Like, you know what that is? Growth. I think if season four Dean had been in this situation, yeah. uh, there would have been a punch. Yeah, when he says, I don't feel like a bad person, Dean gives him this like little look, and it's like, okay, and keeps driving. Oh, um, before we move on from the name thing, which I guess we already did, the name Emmanuel um, comes from Hebrew, obviously, oh, yeah. uh, meaning Emmanuel, God is with us, um, which is fun, because he was God like five minutes ago, and now he's with us. Yep. Um. Oh, beautiful. We'd love I, to see it. There's, like, use of it in the Bible, of course. So Yeah, it's a classic, like, like uh, praise slash, like, prayer phrase, people say. Oh, my God, wait. God be with you. His name is goodbye. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I love saying things to, to make Ash make that sound. <laughs> I hate it here, guys. I'm being targeted. Yeah. Um. So Sam and Marin talk. She's like, they had they share the thing. She's like, I feel like crap. Uh, I do like that she's like, well, the doctors put me in here because of this reason. And Sam's like, well, is it that reason? She's like, I don't know. I feel like crap. Like, I don't want to keep being alive. She says, come on, it's tell sad. me I'm young and have everything to live for, which is really sad. It's really good. Yeah, Sam's like, why would you believe me? And she's like, yeah. It's like, what? what's the voices? Like, the devil? And he's like, yep. <laughs> you have no idea, Marin. Uh, she talks about her ghost brother setting the fire. Um, he like tries to console her, and she's like, "You're crazier than I am." Charles Manson tells you what to do. At least it's my own brother. Um, yeah, yeah this sucks for her. Like, she's being like driven to suicide by her brother being like, "Join me in the afterlife." It's sad. Mm -hmm. it's like good i wish this is again the problem of the show needing to always do two things like Marin's stuff could have been a whole episode like she yeah. could have been 
like, because this is a really poignant ghost story, but like, mm-hmm. it gets what three scenes? Yeah, it's and mostly the resolution just... isn't really all that. Yeah, they could have yeah. done like Sam being on the inside as something like for the ca- not for the case, but like because he's inside, he has access to this case mm-hmm. the way they did with like, um. Well, I guess Asylum, they weren't in there, but something like yeah. between Asylum and False Imprisoned Blues. Yeah. Uh, 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 or um, oh. Sam Interrupted. Interrupted. Yeah. 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 Which is literally what, what they did in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they did already do that, but still. Yeah. I just like, I don't know. This is a good, like, I don't know. It's like Southern Gothic, like sad ghost story. Mm-hmm. But uh, the show doesn't care about doing sad ghost stories anymore, really. Nope. And just wants to have that action because in TV shows, things need to happen, I guess. Um, then we go back to Dean and Emmanuel, who are discussing Sam's problem. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel picks up on Dean's anger and says, well, yeah, dude broke my brother's head. He says, he betrays you. He betrayed this, you, this dude, betrayed which is so dude. funny. I love it Kat's affect It's voice. so funny. It's so funny. He was your friend? Yeah, he was. Um, and then he goes, did you kill him? I sense that you kill a lot of people. You are in his car. It's so good. <laughs> He's such, it's such a, a good line. I He's sense so that weird. you kill To be fair, they did meet with Dean killing someone right in front uh-huh. of him. It's true. And Emmanuel went with him anyway. Because that's Kaz. He's Kaz. I've been sitting here trying to see if I can say he betrayed you, this dude, in a Yoda voice, but I don't have a good Yoda voice. <laughs> He betrayed you, this dude. Holy shit. That was my that's, best that was try. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that's for, for best try. Like, First try, too. I need a little more sauce in it, but... Yeah. You gotta really, like, get, like, your throat full of phlegm. You gotta to get the, the... Yeah, the frog throat. Guys, come back. Let's talk about <laughs> SDL. <laughs> um... So Dean's Dean like, I don't know if Dean he's says dead. that he can't just shake off what Cass did. He says, what Cass did, yeah. I just can't. I don't know why. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what could hmm. be different about what Cass did besides all the other yeah. bad things that have happened to you. Why can't you shake off this? What's different? Hmm. What's if I just can't. I don't know why. I just can't. I don't then, know why. <sighs> he's like, well, it doesn't matter why. And he's like, of course it matters. Course he says, no, matters. you're not a machine, Dean. You're human. And then he goes, wow. your friend's name was Cass. Well, That's an odd yeah, name. That was, he's so that funny. That sort of... I don't, but that line didn't really work for me. I'm it's like, okay, stupid. you're being too clever with Cass this now. Cass isn't like, all that odd of a name. Castiel is. Yes. Yeah, your name is Emmanuel. Like, it could be short for, like, Cassandra or, like, yeah. Cascabel. Take, take it down a notch, Mr. Bouncy Baby Names. <laughs> I do, I'm just, I'm making Friends of the Table references. Don't worry about it. Of course um, Didn't you listen to Counterweight, Ash? Uh, most of it. Some Cassander, of it, Cassander, I... Cassander, Timaeus well, Berenice. To yes, I do remember now. This was like six or nine months ago, so I remember precious little except that there were mechs and Hitsune Miku. Okay. Um, Meg, it's Meg time. There's a fight in the gas station. Meg shows up. I love to mm-hmm. see her. Mm-hmm. She says, you got some splaining to do. This is the second I time my you, notes Meg. say hi, all caps, eight eyes. Mm-hmm. No hard. Bring back Meg. Bring back Meg was such a good decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's, She's great. So much fun. I love you, Rachel Miner. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg says that she has tracked women. down this Emmanuel fellow, and he snuggled mm-hmm. up with you. Snuggled, snuggled up. up with you. 
What's poor dead Castiel doing in the junker out there? Dean says Christmas caroling. She goes, fun. I love her tone. She's having uh -huh. such a good time. She's so sarcastic. She does the little uh, exposition about her and Crowley, yeah. and then she goes, now picture Crowley with his hands on harmless little amnesia cast. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to burn that smarmy dick. My time's coming. But right about now, my army of one situation is not cutting it. It's cold out here. There's a price on my ass, and I need friends. I love her so much. Um, oh, if I had a nickel for every person who was in this strange, strange love quadrangle, uh -huh. I would have four nickels. <laughs> By definition, Ash. Okay! So? Before that, Dean says, you mean uh, you mean to see if you can't turn cast, little harmless cast out there into an angel-sized weapon? She says, like you're taking him caroling. And then, yeah, what she say next? So for now, it's in everyone's best interest to hold hands and cross the street together, okay? I love her so much. Like, we go straight to Sam. No detours. I love it. It's like, and also getting my knife back. She offers to jog his memory, and Dean gives her, like, a dirty look, and she goes, kidding. We wouldn't want to upset the poor guy. Mm-hmm. A little earlier when she's doing the expositions, she's also like, hey, audience, remember that I don't like Crowley, and that's why I'm here? Uh, but it, they do spice it up with Dean going, good. And she's like, that hurts my feelings. I've been good to you, Dean. And Dean's like, no, you've been good to you. They're so fun. I love them. Yeah, they're, yeah, it's fun. Meg is fun. Uh, Emmanuel um, freaks out when Meg shows up because yeah. he can see her true face. And yeah. they're, they're like, no, Glad no it's they okay. Remembered this one that. is friendly. <laughs> yeah. For the moment, she's friendly. Yeah. She's like, I think we're going to be good friends, too. She might as well be winking at him. Yeah, she goes, she's we go right. way back. And he, like, starts to get confused. And she goes, Dean and me. Just met you, of course. <laughs> she's such a dick. She thinks she's so funny. Uh-huh. Uh, more Marin stuff. Marin is just walking down the hallway. She's just chilling. Like, she's I don't fighting. understand. Sam's door is just open. What kind of place is this? I don't well, know. maybe maybe they've determined that he's not actively dangerous anymore. I don't know. Yeah, but she Marin's can still on candy bars every watch. single day. Yeah, she she steals candy bars every day. This is the worst psych ward ever. Yeah, maybe it's already <laughs> been infiltrated by demons at this point. I guess so. They're, They're like a security lapse. Whatever. They're hoping some bad shit will happen. Maybe. Anyway, mm -hmm. Marin tells him about the um symptoms that he's going to experience if he doesn't get sleep and yeah, then she apologizes because she's like that was maybe not tactful it's like your fingernails are gonna fall out there's a bit here she's where the... he starts like asking about her brother right he goes so he just talks to you i bet at first it wasn't so bad you must have missed him Ooh, and like yeah. the little Oof. bit of an implication that he also is having these hallucinations of somebody he hasn't seen in a while like did he yeah. you know who also, of course, the it's a brother. Sam's yep. always going to have a weird relationship with brother people. Um, new ghost powers unlocked. The ability to set entire houses on fire. Well, I mean, regular people can set houses on fire. Sure, but they tend to need to be able to use... They, they need, like, fuel and stuff to do that. Ghosts can didn't see him objects. manipulate the matchbox. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know, I'm just saying, like... I, I do like that the ghost like got like matter and matter until it like exploded in this like setting the house on fire. Also he was cremated, so I guess fire, you know. Mm -hmm. And then Sam was like, yeah. Is there any chance in hell you got a lighter? 
Why would she have a lighter? She w- is here because she almost yeah. died in a fire. And yeah. uh, uh, why would, why would, okay, okay. Whatever. Well, maybe she doesn't have one, but she knows where to get one. Yeah, she knows yeah, how to steal fine. it. She, she does steal it later. Um, but it's just steals a stupid thing to ask. Steals it from the pyromaniac down the hall. <laughs> why would they let the pyromaniac have a lighter? I'm not saying the pyromaniac is allowed to have the lighter. Whatever. Um, They're not allowed to have lighters in prisons either. I do like how Sam does, in fact, look like shit this episode. He's yeah, I like when they let Jared look like shit. Unkempt, as opposed to Jackals, who refuses to not look pretty. Remember when Dean was also not not sleeping and he did not look any different? (laughs) Anyway, back to Dean. Listen, he just has to look like a model. Back to Dean Emmanuel Meg. They are in the car. Emmanuel goes, the silence is very uncomfortable. Is there something I should know? He's so cute. <laughs> it's horrible in there, man. Um, Dean makes like a stupid little deflection joke and Emmanuel takes it seriously. And Meg goes, Dean's making a joke. He goes, oh, the uh-huh. autism. Yep. Proof that it's not just because he's an angel. Exactly. Proof that it's because literally, he's literally exactly. autistic. He's like, the vibes in here if are no rancid. Are you guys why? okay? <laughs> Um, so Lucifer blows on the salt circle. Is the implication that, like, Sam did that? Or, like, no, I think when we ha- see it next, it, it wasn't actually blown. Sam just freaks out yeah. and oh. goes, You're gonna have to do this yourself. Oh, okay. Because if he did start trying to push the salt back into place, he would probably push it out of place. And right. Like, I'm right, not gonna I get see. involved here. Um, I am not functioning. Yeah, like I said in the synopsis, the ghost just shows up and like throws a chair and blows the lights, and then they just burn the bracelet, and he's gone, and that's that's like it. Yeah, it is pretty anticlimactic. They did not have we, enough time to make this a thing. They're like, well, here's we, conveniently he we have his blood and a lighter and salt done. And then Sam's like, you gotta go, and then she runs and turns and says thank you, and then it's just gone, and that's she just leaves, and then the the orderlies come in and grab Sam, and then that's it. Like that. Eh. It's so weird. Like, mm-hmm. I guess this existed solely to esc- as a way to escalate things, so they, like, lead things up to the electric chair and stuff. But, like, I don't know. It feels like it's just missing something. Well. Um, I do want to yeah. note that Marin has a bit where she mentions that she stole the lighter. Um, she says, being locked up is really turning me into a decent criminal. Yeah, uh-huh. that's because incarceration is a bad solution. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor's like, we need a surgical solution, and, uh, Lucifer very excitedly says, ooh, lobotomy? He's a little freak. <laughs> he is the sickos at the window. Yeah, it is, is also sickos. fun because immediately the doctor goes, it's okay, we're not talking lobotomy here. Like, there's mm-hmm. this interesting little back and forth sort of, um... I can imagine Lucifer going, aww. Like a doubled conversation. He does say darn. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, it's almost like the doctor can hear Lucifer, you know? It was fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many pegs above lobotomy electric shock therapy is. Is that is that like backed by science at all in the modern day? I'm not I'm not a psychiatrist. Before Marcus goes mask off as a demon, he's like I've seen this um, help a lot of people. Yeah, I've he is heard... at the time. Okay, yeah. according to Mental Health America, Today, ECT is administered to an estimated 100,000 people a year, primarily in general hospital psychiatric units and in psychiatric hospitals. It is generally used in treating patients with severe depression, acute mania, and certain schizophrenic syndromes. Um, yeah, uh, 
does it work? And then it has a whole section of it being controversial. It is still used, so that doesn't mean that it's good, but it does mean that it hasn't been explicitly disproven, I guess. Um, Or it implies that, at least. I I don't want to make sweeping claims about the psychiatric industry. A meta-analysis on the effectiveness of ECT in unipolar and bipolar depression was conducted in 2012. Results indicated that although patients with unipolar depression and bipolar depression responded to other medical treatments very differently, both groups responded equally well to ECT. Overall remission rate for patients given a round of ECT treatment was 50.9% for those with unipolar depression and 53.2% for those with bipolar depression. Severity of each patient's depression was assessed at the, at the same baseline in each group, most severely depressed patients respond to ECT. <laughs> um, it beat the placebo. Uh, it. How do you placebo electroshock therapy? Yeah, I don't know how they did the thing. Um, comparative response is rate is from fifty to seventy percent in treatment resistant patients. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. So it's not ineffective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. The... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they do like. There, like a lot of, yeah, I don't know. I, I, if you know anything about this, write in, because like I, I'm always distrustful about how media shows these kinds of things. Like mm-hmm. we know that electroshock therapy, a, like first to be way worse and like more dangerous because people didn't really know what they were doing, which is zap you. But like, if it does turn out that like for specific types of like, uh, um mental illnesses where there does need to be a like where where drugs aren't working if it does actually work then like okay it works like the brains yeah, are electricity the like patient consents to well, it yeah like, and yeah. it's done they're they're uh, like of course they are like careful in seeking out uh informed consent there's like stuff here about being like controversial and misunderstood it is a safe, effective for treatment severe depression when patients have symptoms that haven't responded to medication, counseling, or other psychosocial treatments. So it's often a like last resort type thing. Also, um, yeah, I-, I think the main thing is like people don't know how it works because no one knows how brains work. Um, yeah. But it seems to work, and it's like done while you're under anesthesia, so like oh, it so doesn't cause. Like yeah, it it like doesn't hurt. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I mean, in this case, demons are going to do it to him, so, (laughs) you know. know. They're really giving it to him good, too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Emmanuel goes and fries them all and turns back into Castiel. Also, I do like, like, why didn't you, right, he gets, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, before he does this, Meg tells him that he's an angel, and he's like, that sounds pleasant. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, and this well... is where he's like, I'm Cass, aren't I? Uh, before the reveal, Emmanuel says, you can tell me, I'll be fine. Dean says, how do you know? You just met yourself. I've known you for years. Wah! Wah! Mm-hmm. Uh, you just That's met yourself. Friend. I've known you for years. <laughs> Bestest friends, actually, says Meg. Mm-hmm. That's where he says, am I Cass? Oof. Yep. Yep. <laughs> There's still, a funny he's... bit here. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just like, he's, you know, he's not good, very socially aware, but he is pretty, like, smart at picking up on things, and I do like mm-hmm. that that quality is still here. Like, he's paying attention, and he's like, ah, oh, shit, I know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. 
It's not like they're doing a very good job of hiding it. No, of course not. But like, you know, yeah, he's got an ego. They could have played him more naively. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a funny bit where they're like, go smite the demons. He goes, I don't remember how. Dean says, I'm sure it's just like riding a bike. And of course he goes, I don't know how to do that either. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> really funny. Like, you see it coming, but it's I, funny. I like to think... You know, amnesia doesn't usually impact your, uh, like, learned behavior. Um, and so it's like, I like to think that Jimmy Novak never learned how to ride a bike. Yeah. Although, if Jimmy's not even in the vessel anymore... Well, like, yeah, but, like, he presumably well, inherited his, his, his like... Memory would know. Yeah. I guess that's true, Maybe yeah. he just and hasn't if, tried to ride a bike. I guess if he had known it at any point. Yeah. He probably could if he tried. It's probably one of those things that he, like, suppresses because he doesn't have any use for it. Yeah. Um, then Turn Into Earth by the Yardbird start, starts playing, which is a wild choice for music, it's but it's fun. pretty cool. Like, it's, it's a, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Mike says, I believe in the little tree topper. She's so funny. Literally so true. I love all of her pet names for Cass. They're great. She's really fun. All of the Kripkeisms are going to her now. Mm-hmm. If I would ever ship cast with a woman, it would be Meg. Yeah. I'm not an anti-Meg Steele. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he goes around smiting all the demons. Um, good job, yep. everyone. And we get our first flashback is to Cass in Lazarus Rising, um, and then in Lucifer Rising, and then the man who knew too much, uh, and meet the new boss, according to the transcript. Yep. And it's like demons... 75% Dean. Uh-huh. Like, Sam is there. We know that Cass remembers Sam now, but, like, there's a lot of Zine in this montage. Yep. Mm. To be fair, most of the time when Castiel is on screen, Dean is also there with him. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even like Sam. That's his yep. weird friend. <laughs> he likes Sam. Sam's his know, friend. He said Sam is his friend, and it was sweet. Yeah. Friends. I love weird boy best friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's good. It's good to be friends with your uh, your brother's partner. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be coming to Thanksgiving dinner for a uh, long time, so uh, you might as well. The demons just take it in a way that's like okay, they really do. Like it's so uh, yeah. It's a big L. <laughs> like it's supposed to be a dub for Cass, but it's just it's, it's kind just of an L for the demons. Yeah, yeah. And then I have a, a note that says he's the runaway boy. Yeah, there's a the demon. There's is. a demon that sees this and runs, he and Castiel it. just appears in front of him and is like, "Sorry, that's not I don't think running save will you. save you." Yeah, and kills his ass. See, I remember that, but why did I write that note specifically? Because <laughs> it was funny the way he was like, "Ah," and starts running. <laughs> like I also noted that he's like, he's got like a terrified, like a funny, like scared expression on his face. Also, did we say that Dean says that being an angel is bloody, corrupt, and unpleasant? Oof, yeah. I like that. That was good. Um, At the very end of the scene, uh, Cass goes, I remember you. I remember everything, which is delicious. Um, Also, there's a yep. line in later seasons after a different one of Cass's deaths where Dean says something like, we've lost everything, and now you're going to bring him back. Um, I love when they are everything to each other. Which is yep. definitely not what is happening in these lines, but it could be if I believe in myself. So true. Everything is Destiel if your goggles are thick enough. <laughs> also, Misha looks so wide without his trench coat. <laughs> he really does. What happened to his Victorian like, wayfarer? 
It's. I think it's the 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 cardigan. To be honest, I think it just fits a little too tightly in the shoulders. So he just looks like a broad dude. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, yeah, he goes to um, heal Sam. They save him from the demons. Um. Well, no, I guess before that. Castiel's like going to go heal up, right? And they have this conversation, and the Dean's like, if you remember, you know you did the best you could at the time. He's uh Dean's immediately gone. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to He was so mad at Cast five seconds ago. And now, and now he's Cass back. He's back. like trying to forgive him. Yeah. Cass goes, mm-hmm. Don't defend me. Yeah. Uh, we part friends, Dean. He goes, So what? Uh, Good God. Do you have any idea then- the death toll in heaven on earth? Yeah, it's like, I deserve to it's die. Okay, now bestie. I can't possibly fix it. So why did I even walk out of that river? And Dean says, maybe to fix it. Oh my god. Mm. Go crazy. Go stupid. Ah. Yeah, and then you know what Dean does? He take he opens the trunk and he takes out oh. Cass's trench coat and he gives it back to him. He has been carrying it around for six yeah. months in. Every single car he used yeah. this season, he's had the tr- trench in the trunk. Yeah. Oh my god. Every yeah. single oh my god, car. I didn't even think about he's that. He's been yeah. changing oh my god. cars and always puts the trench in it. He can't yep. let go. Because he knew or he he's wanted to know, like he wanted him. to believe that Cass would come back and Cass would want his coat when he comes back. <laughs> I also could think he just kept it as a memento, but I, like, I don't think he thought Cass was coming back. I don't back. know if he I thought Cass was coming back, but he couldn't let go of it for sure. He couldn't it's like Bobby's bring flash. himself. I think he was, like, he hoped. Yeah, yeah it's like Bobby's flash. Dean, yeah, it's like exactly like Bobby's flash. Like, he holds on to the things that are important to him, like, that r- remind him of the people he cared about. Like, how long did he wear the the neck, like, that necklace that the Sam jacket? gave him? Oh, the necklace? Like, he, he's been wearing it since he was, like, 12. Yeah, exactly. And until, like, last He still has season. his dad's jacket. Yep. He still has his Dean keeps... He doesn't wear it as often anymore, but... Dean doesn't have a home, but he brings, like, the mementos that he does have, like, everywhere with him. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a nice, subtle character note about him. Well, this was a nice mm-hmm. episode. I'm gonna go lie down for six hours. <laughs> uh, so then they save uh, Sam. Yeah. Rest in peace, Marcus. We get, like, a shot yep. of him on the floor with his eyes burnt out. We didn't get yeah, that for the white gnarly. demons. Didn't need that. Mm. I mean, I got the sense that it's like, oh, this is sad. Like, poor Marcus. Like, we saw him as a person before he got turned into a demon, whereas those other guys were just extras. I think the shot was completely unnecessary. I could see the argument you're making, but I still think it was not necessary. That's fair. Um, um, and then... Castiel tries to save him, and Sam like looks at him and says, "You're not real." He sees Lucifer instead. Ugh. Oh God. Yep. So he's and trying Castiel to does fix this little, the like, wall. Look away. He's not trying to heal Sam. Technically, he's trying to put the wall back up, but he can't. Um, which I guess means he also can't heal Sam. Like that's just something that needs to happen eventually. Except it doesn't. It's whatever. Point is, he can't do it. Like, there's nothing left to put back together, is what he basically says. Mm-hmm. Like, so. Lucifer is so, like, entangled in him. And Cass goes, this isn't the problem I can make disappear. And then he, like, it hits him, and he goes, but I may be able to shift it. It's better this way, I'll be fine. Uh. Yeah. Also, in the background, Lucifer is reading the three little pigs. Mm-hmm. 
It's so funny that Lucifer has been better in, like, this season than he was as Lucifer in the in seasons season five. four and five. Or he's not in season four. He's sorry. He's sorry. I couldn't remember. I can never. Season four and five are so linked in my head that I can't remember what plot points start. The season four finale was summoning Lucifer, opening his cage. So season five has him. Uh, when Castiel does the transfer thing, his like veins like go red. Yeah, it's all right. It looks kind of silly, but it's kind of cool too. Yeah, it's fine. It's magic. And then Cass is seeing Mm -hmm. Lucifer. He goes, "Hello, brother." He's like all panicky. Yeah, and he's, so, like, <gasps> he's my little guy. And like presses himself against the wall. Yeah, and then they just fucking leave him there. They Sam is him like, there. I don't know, we can't just leave him. And Dean goes, Well, we can't bring him with us. Uh, be, be, be. I, yeah, he's I know. just sitting there's there like in this, his little hospital clothes. <laughs> there's this really funny shot of him just sitting there, like the sad music is playing and like over them talking, and it pans towards him and shows him just like sitting with his like sitting on the bed with his hands in his lap with this like dead eyed expression on his face through the bars. And then we get like a long zoom in on his face, and I'm like, we get it, it's sad. He's the tiniest little yeah. meow meow in the world. He deserves all the screen time. So they're dead. fucking leaving him. He's not dead and they're just leaving him. That's yeah. rude. Anyway. It's okay. Meg will watch over him. Yeah. So they talk yeah. about how like they they are hesitantly continuing to trust Meg. Um, so, like, we she's not our friend. Him. We don't even have friends. All our friends all are our dead. All our friends are dead. Posting that yeah. dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, but with I think Dean's Sam face. has a beard in this scene. I just realized that's the second time I've made this joke because yeah, I did it with did it um, Mary. I did it for Mary as well. <laughs> anyway, Meg joins the staff. The end. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sam either needs to grow out that beard or shave it. He looks bad with the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> he could mm-hmm. maybe look good with a beard, but. Uh... Not Unfortunately, like the five o'clock shadow is about as close as we ever get in my memory. Yeah. His sideburns just continue to eat his face until they join in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah. My final note is I like Ruby's like blue eyeshadow that she's got on. Meg? Did Ruby I say Ruby? Face. Meg. <laughs> God. Ruby. Ruby's Whenever here, Sam everybody. Beard, he just looks like Jared. Um, it's true. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's fair. Yeah, I like I like Meg's blue eyeshadow. It's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. She looks really cute. Yeah. She goes, I just, I just want to help the patients, you know. Uh huh. She's my girl best friend. She's gonna cause trouble here. They're big. She's looking like so cherubic with her like big rosy cheeks. She's a her, darling. Like, mm-hmm. Smile. It's so very good. much I love like a her. cat who is not about yes. to eat the canary. Yeah. Well, she she's the fox in the hen house. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's the episode. Castiel's back. Um, this was good. Yay. This was a good one. Uh, good Sam episode, mm-hmm. good Cass episode, good Dean episode. We got Meg back. We have Cass back. We have Cass back, I guess. Although, Again, they brought him back and then put him on a bus. They put him in a little box. My last note, my last note is, oh no, not Honey Cass, because I remember that that's where this is leading, so. Yeah. Great. I saw him in the um, outfit and I was like, ah. I love not knowing things. I, well, bathe in your bliss for a little while longer, Wyatt. All right. Um... <laughs> Anything else we want to say about this episode? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Uh, Dr. Kudinsky was played by Bill Dow, who was Mr. Parkman in Pasadena, Mayor Russ Hathaway in Da Vinci's Inquest, Dr. Bill Lee in Stargate SG-1 Atlantis and Universe, Chuck Burks in The X-Files. I recognize this man. 
Oh, yeah, okay. He's not, like, a major character or anything. No. It says he was in, like, eight or nine episodes or something. Yeah, he's, he's just, like, he's a like guy a that hangs out sometimes. He's, he's, like, a Frank. He's, like, a Frank, okay. I kind of thought he might yeah. be. Um, Marin is played by Casey Roll, who is Sarah Ellis in the Clue TV show, Sterling Finch in The Killing, Jenna Engel in Working the Angles, Abigail Hobbs in Hannibal, Carrie Campbell in Wayward Pines, Alina in Arrow, and Marina Andrieski in The Magicians. Uh, I bet she's good in that. I need to watch The Magicians. I keep saying I this every like time it. we talk about I The Magicians. I think I, we, we keep doing the same conversation. I started yes. The Magicians and I couldn't get into it. Yeah. Um, okay. I got really into it because everyone's hot. <laughs> yeah. And um, also because I like the whole magical school thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a better magical school story than Harry Potter, and I know that without even having seen it. Mm -hmm. um, friend of the show, Mitch, is like a really big fan of it and sold me on it in a big way, so. Uh, I might also just read the books, but it's got actors in it I like. Anyway, um, Marcus was played by uh, Eli Gorey, who is Malik in To Kink in My Hair, Tyrell in Pure Ponage, uh, Joel Goodson in Dead of Summer, Isaac in Dead Rising 4, Wells Jaha... Uh, in the 100, Quincy Carter in Ballers, Derek Mays in Pearson, Mad Dog in Riverdale. <laughs> I bet that character's uh, <laughs> racially sensitive. Um, and Connor Penske in The Peripheral, uh, which is another show I probably need to watch because I like William Gibson. Um, the goth dude, just played by Ryan McDonald, who was Gonzo in Battlestar Galactica and Michaels in Shorzy. Uh, we are going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk about episode 18, um, Party on Garth. So, seven, seven eighteen Party on Garth was written by Adam Glass. There's like a whole family tree in this episode, but there's one guy who has four kids and that's all you need to know. Um, okay, so in the cold open, we have some kids at a campfire tell a ghost story about Jenny Greentree who lost her family and home and froze to death under that tree. Uh, Trevor, who's Ray's brother, shows up drunk to mess with them and then panics that he's seeing something terrible. He runs away and he gets ghost murdered off screen. Title card. Uh, enter Garth. He is so cool. He's got poison playing. He's wearing sunglasses. He rolls high on charisma when he interviews the girls from the campfire and hears the Jenny Greentree story. Um, he immediately goes and burns her bones, saying, you've just been Garthed. Uh, cue poison again. Ray, whose brother just died, is getting drunk and takes a shotgun into the woods where he sees a woman in a white dress who looks like the girl from the ring. Uh, she pulls him into a tree and kills him. Garth is on the phone being Garthy with his girlfriend when he hears about Ray's death, which doesn't make sense because he Garthed her. Sam and Dean finish a call with Meg, who says Cass has been the same. Uh, Sam is feeling okay, but he's guilty for it. Um, Garth calls about this case where he pretends to be an army guy. Two brothers dying right after each other obviously raises their suspicions. Dean gets an EMF reading when Garth didn't, which is weird. He's like, hmm, maybe mine is broken. Uh, they discuss whether or not this could be... No, they discuss whether this could be not a ghost but a werewolf, but then, like, why would it be invisible? Sam does some research in the background, tells them about Thyslapper Ale, a quality microbrew whose owner was the dead kid's dad. Uh, they go over. This is the guy who has four kids, so Ray and Trevor just died. Marie and Lillian are still alive. 
Um, Marie gives them the lay of the land. Her dad, Jim, and his business partner, Randy, have been running the place since their third partner, Dale, committed suicide recently. Um, Dale's wife is suing them, and Jim blames himself. They watch Randy chew out the janitor. Randy and Jim are planning to sell the company. Uh, we cut to a mom and her daughter. This is Lillian and her kid, Tess. Tess accidentally drinks a swallow of her mom's screwdriver and gets tipsy as she hangs out with her grandpa, Jim. Then she sees the monster girl kill her mom in the kitchen while Jim can't see the girl. The guys hang out with Garth talking about microbrews. Garth is like a super lightweight. They find out that Dale left the company right before his death, which makes them suspect maybe he had a grudge. He, maybe he's an evil spirit. Uh, Dean and Garth go talk to Tess. Garth has borrowed Dean's EMF meter in case his is broken. Garth uh, takes the lead in this conversation because his girlfriend has kids. Dean is not impressed with Garth's sock puppetry of Mr. Fizzles, but Tess admits to having a drink. Uh, meanwhile, Sam, Mr. Fizzles. Sam talks to Dale's widow, who says that Dale sent his ex-friends a bottle of sake he wouldn't let her touch to, quote, show he forgives them. Garth and Dean realize that this is a monster you have to be drunk to see. Garth suggests maybe the EMF keeps going off because of Bobby's flask if Bobby is haunting him. Uh, Dean shuts this down, even though Garth points out that cremation doesn't always prevent ghosts, which is interesting. Sam and Dean find the sake and a security camera that shows Trevor accidentally letting out the monster girl. Um, they start drinking midway through the scene so that they can see her in the footage, and Dean needs harder liquor than Sam does in order to actually get drunk. Randy walks in on them, buzzed in his office, and Garth saves them by tasering him. Dean and Sam get a sushi restaurant employee to translate the box, which says it contains a shoujo or alcohol spirit. They do pay the guy. Um, Randy Baxter is gagged in the gang's hot tub. They do research by clicking on the first link that comes up when Sam Googles the name. Um, and then, whatever, they, they realize Dale sick the spirit on his friends by having their kids killed the same that way that they killed his baby, the business, by selling it. Um, to kill the shoujo, they need a samurai sword blessed by a Shinto priest, which they 100% will not get in this episode, by the way. Um, and then Garth tells Sam about the, the Bobby theory. Sam reveals he already tried to contact Bobby and it didn't work. Garth interrogates Randy with his master detective skills. We learn that the janitor Randy went easy on is actually his son, so the shoujo's coming for him. Uh-oh. Dean does a shitty little, shitty little DIY of the sword requirements with the sushi guy again paying him. Uh, Garth calls him drunk from his rescue mission at the brewery to get to Randy's kid. Sam, meanwhile, is getting drunk and keeping an eye on Marie, who's the other kid the shoujo might go for. Um, and Dean calls Sam over. Garth gets to Randy's son and tells him everything. The shoujo t attacks and knocks out Garth. Sam takes over the rescue. He gets knocked out. Dean shows up with the sword and drops it, but it comes back to him. Ooh. Um, and he uses Sam's directions to kill the shoujo without seeing it. Garth goes, what did I miss? Again. Um, Dean tries to talk to Bobby, but yep. nothing happens. And Sam sees him do this without Dean knowing that. Uh, Garth hugs them goodbye. He exits to poison. Dean is freaked out by the possibility <laughs> yeah. of Bobby's ghost. Sam is convinced that this is normal grief. Uh, they get in the car to leave. We see Bobby standing in the room. Dean doubles back. He says, yeah. there you are. Bobby smiles. Dean grabs the flask and leaves. Huh. Bobby says, huh. um, <laughs> Bobby says, Bobby balls. says, I'm right and here. Vanishes. you just... uh, And the boys drive away. Guys, it's Bobby's ghost. Oh my God. Yep. He's back. Who could have seen this coming? What a My surprise. Who could have guessed that it was Bobby's ghost? <laughs> um, but I, I love Garth so much. I love Garth so the much. The fact that he's just like going around listening to this one new Jack Swing song is so funny. Like it's Poison so funny. is such a pull, but it feels so right for Garth. 
It's so funny. This cold open, not the cold open, this first Garth scene is so funny that, like, I honestly thought that maybe he was narrating this to the boys, and that's why it's so, like, um, skewed to show him as being cool. But no, he just is cool. He just is cool. It comes across as funny because you wouldn't expect this little guy to be cool, which I think is maybe not very funny as a punchline, but good for him, you know? Like, yeah, rock this case. So... I mean, the thing is, is like it's it's funny as a punchline, not even necessarily because he's a little guy, but because of like the fact that society perceives him as a little guy, but he has such like mm-hmm. intense confidence in himself. Yeah, he's kind of a herd, but he pulls yeah, it off. Yeah, exactly. Well, and like again, if he was listening to like I don't know, like Kanye or Tupac or something, it he would feel more like a poser. But he's listening to this like I don't know. I guess like um, Belle Biv DeVoe isn't obscure, but it's not what you would immediately jump to. This is such a specific song, and he obviously loves it. In a way that's less like, oh yeah, I'm cool and listening to rap music. Yeah. It's his theme song. He has uh-huh. a theme song. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's world. We're just living in it. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Um, Alright, I guess let's go my from the top. Note, my first note is whole. <laughs> Are you whole? insane? <laughs> whole? Whole? What whole? Whole where? the like grave hole i don't know what <laughs> i don't know ask me from a week ago fuck <laughs> all right it's like six minutes into the episode i don't know four minutes okay first of all this uh this cold open is really good uh it's good setup like his brother shows up and sees the ghost because he's drunk uh, which is only revealed way later in the moment. It's just like, wait, why did why did he see this? Um, mm-hmm. And then he gets he gets ghost ganked. Um, I thought like it's not the same, but Jenny Greentree is almost identical. Is it's like one word different from Jenny Green Teeth, and I thought this was gonna be a Jenny Green Teeth episode, um, which would have been fun. Um, it's not, but I feel like. I don't know. This is a show about f- folklore to some degree, anyway. Um, Jenny Greenteeth is a is a uh, river hag in English folklore who uh, pulls people under the water and drowns them. Um, it is a metaphor for uh, duckweed, uh, which like can make uh, water look safe to like walk across, or not like it's not quite so deep. Um, but you fall in and then you drown. Uh, it's like that's fun. Uh, I love I love a monster that is a is a metaphor or like a uh, elaboration of a thing that is like obvious in nature, like Will of the Wisps, also. Um, but this is not a Jenny Greenteeth episode. This is, however, a shojo episode. Um, so actual folklore corner on that. And my actual folklore corner is the random link they go to is just right. Is just like yeah, that's what the thing is. What Sam looks at, which is so funny to me because it says in the thing that they're looking at that a shojo is an orangutan. Like the the intern that they got to like pull up info for the shojo for this fake website they go to did the work. Like, this is the creature. They've got the little image of, like, a furry, like, monkey on the image, and yet the monster is the girl from the ring. I know, right? It, like, 
It would be funnier and better if it was a big hairy, like, guy in an orangutan suit or something. Like, if you're gonna have the monster, have the monster. <sighs> um, but yeah, a shoujo is an orangutan. Um, specifically, uh, they don't have those in Japan. Um, so it was a, uh, from, from what the Wikipedia article says anyway, it's, it's a reading of, um, the, uh, Xingxing, I believe is how you would pronounce that. Um, which is the, uh, Chinese word for orangutan. Um, um, there's like a thing that mentions there's like a no theater mask for it. That is true. You can see the mask. Uh, it looks like a, like, big grinning, like, humanoid monkey face um it's uh got like red tinged because it's drunk uh, i don't know where the story came from that orangutans like alcohol and are like liquor spirits um also they like to be in boats and like like use like there's, there's like popular images of them like using a sake cup and a ladle to like like a canoe basically um but yeah they're like jolly drunk monkeys um, I don't think they're malicious at all. Uh, they're just, like, I think mostly comedic characters. Um, yeah, there's, like, a, a no-theater plot about, like, um, a sake seller, like, uh, making friends with one of them, uh, and rewarding him by making his vat perpetually refill. Like, they're, they're, they're not malicious, in most cases, anyway. Well, in this case, they do say that, like, normally it wouldn't be but this time it was like bound to mm, whatever. yeah i guess that's true i guess that's mm. true they bound it i would just love a big jolly monkey going around killing people compared to just like <laughs> oh it's an asian spirit so it's the girl from the ring which long black hair um and like very pale skin is uh is obviously not just from the ring that's like a lot of uh ghosts in various uh mm -hmm. asian cultures look like that um so it's like that, I mean, that's right, but also, like, it's not, that's not what this creature is. Um, and also, she just looks bad. Like, she's know, not so scary. Like, they don't light her well. They don't shoot her well. It's not great. There's so much eyeliner on her. She looks like someone at a Halloween party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She looks like someone who's like, ha, I'm gonna dress up as the girl from the ring because I have long black hair. And mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. We do also get an in-text shout-out to The Ring, where Sam says something. I don't know enough about yeah. the plot of The Ring to understand it, but he does mention The Ring by name. My understanding of The Ring is that there's a ghost that lives in a TV, and if you watch the TV, you die. Um, yes. That, cool. Yes, that is what The Ring is about. She, like, moves closer to you in the... In the... Mm -hmm. Like the Slender Man. <laughs> yeah, like the Slender Man. Um, yeah, so Garth. Garth. We've been Garth. Garth is here. We've been you've been Garth. Uh he shows up to talk to these teenagers. He's got poison playing in his car. He's got his aviators on. Um uh, one of the teens says, like, what do you want, Top Gun? Yeah. He goes, for starters, I'd like a little respect. And he pulls up his badge. Yeah. Um, they both start talking at once and he goes, Whoa. Yeah. And they both immediately stop. This is what I meant by the charisma throw. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Whoa, mm -hmm. you go. He, he does this little scene. like move with his face here's the legend he goes and burns the thing he's got like um what's that paper called that uh burns really easily flash paper yeah that sounds right oh. 
I think it's flash paper. Yeah, he's got, instead of having matches, he has a little, like, thing of flash paper that just, like, lights up in his hand, uh, and, like, a huge burst of fire, and he just tosses it, and there's, like, a explosion of fire up, and he goes, you've been garthed, and poison plays again as he walks away in slow motion. It's so funny. Hell yeah. It's so good. The fire's blazing higher and higher behind him. He does not bother to, uh, close the grave. He just lets it burn. Um, we see him toss his shovel into the trunk of his car in slow motion. You guys don't look at burning graves. It's so good. So good. I love you, Garth. Um, and then we see the other guy get killed. Uh, Ryan. It is a pretty yucky death scene. Yeah. Yeah, I like the way he gets pulled up into the air. And, like, we see his feet choking, shaking around and getting covered in his blood. Mm-hmm. And then... Garth is talking to his girlfriend on the phone. He says, I heart you more. Yeah. Ash, I know we learn more about Garth's personal life in later episodes or seasons. Do you know if this is the same person we will meet later? I do not. Okay. But I think it's entirely possible. I think it could be, but... I like I that Garth likes hot tubs. He both has one in his home and also uh, has springs... What do we think? I, I guess you said that we'll learn more about Garth's personal life. I'm sitting here being like, how does Garth fund his life? Do we think he's a trust fund baby? That is the funniest answer. I like the idea. I mean, listen, it's better than what most like uh, rich fail sons do. Like, he's going around helping people. The kids in he succession could bro. never be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I agree with you in general about hunters being serial killers, except in the case of ghosts, where it is, and also demons, uh, but they should be exercising them and not killing the people in the bodies, where it is it is good and right to exercise ghosts so they're not going around terrorizing people. Yeah. Sam references, you're right, there's a ring reference here. I forgot, it's before they even meet the ghost, which is, I guess, like, fun foreshadowing? Because <laughs> Sam says, uh... It would be if it was a better episode. Well, yes. <laughs> I think it's fun that they did that, even though it's stupid that, yeah. Also, wait, I like this episode. This episode's good. The monster just sucks. Yeah, that's what I mean. Although, the monster doesn't even suck that much. She looks bad. But I guess calling back on what I said earlier about, like, needing to find fun ways to fight a monster, I do like that they have to be drunk to see her. That's a, that's yeah, a like, that nice mm-hmm. handicap. Or it, like, slows them down, it gets them, like, I mean, I guess they get tossed around the normal amount, but it's still, like, uh... <laughs> their instincts are, their reflexes are slowed. Yeah. And it results in some fun scenes. And their decision-making like, is impaired, it's great. Yeah. It's more interesting than most monster fights in these later seasons. Um, but yeah, uh, they're in the car, and, um, talking about, uh, to the, talking to Meg, like Emma said, and, um... Uh, Dean says, how's your custard? And Sam says, it's alright, it's getting better, just wish it wasn't like the damn tape from the ring. I mean, I feel like I'm okay because I passed on the crazy, which is how the tape in the ring works, or if the, the ghost won't get you if you give someone else the tape. Mm-hmm. Um, I Dean's saying, how's your custard? Uh, that's what Bobby used to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Dean calls Meg a bitch. Not to her face, like as soon yes. as he hangs up. Yep. Ding. Uh, then Garth calls them. Dean doesn't immediately recognize Garth, and he has to say his full name, Garth, Garth Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald fourth. This is why I think that he's a trust fund baby also. Oh, you're so right. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, he's like, I'm ready to, ready to cash in that chip, brah. There's something brewing in Bruh. Junction City, Kansas. Yeah, so they go meet um, him, and he's in his little army uniform. He's in his army uniform, Corporal Brown. About, like, the, the like, interplay between costume and masculinity. Uh-huh. Like, when Dean does his costumes, there's something also about those two words together, and I can't articulate it well, but I think there's something being poked at. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, Corporal James Brown, I'm shipping off to the AAF manana. <laughs> I'm here to pay respects to my cousin as I will not be able to attend the funeral. And this is where they learn that uh, there's actually two, two, two cousins who have died. Um, the coroner gets a convenient phone call, so he leaves uh -huh, the room so, so the they can talk, talk openly. Alone. Whatever. Yeah. He's like, you allergic to a suit? And he's like, no, I look good in uniform. Mm-hmm. He's having fun. God forbid Garth does anything. I don't think I don't think fatigues look good on anybody, but you do you, Garth, I guess. They are, like, kind of too big for him. Yeah, exactly. He looks I like it's, like, in... he kind of, like, his confidence him. is kind yeah. of not justified by other people's perspective of him. Yeah. But he doesn't care. He's having a good time. He is. Um... It does seem silly to me that Garth is like, no way could Jenny be around. I burned her bones. And then also be like, well, maybe Bobby's here even though you burned his bones. Yeah. Like in the same episode. That's Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I guess do they tell him? Is that why he What? Is that why later he's like, Well, you said that the ghost could still be no, here because the... here he says oh. um no, sorry, Dean says maybe she's got something still laying around. But later Garth is the one who says, Well, I burned my cousin's bones when he died and he still had a ghost. So he's got oh, prior yeah. experience. Right, right, and right. We'll we'll get to it later, I guess. Like, there's a whole conversation there that isn't consistent with what he says here, but whatever. Yeah, you're right. You are it's right. It's kind of sloppy. Um, mm -hmm. Sam's like, either of you ever heard of Thigh Slapper Ale? Uh, Gross, is that a stripper or a beverage? It says beverage for douchebags. So funny for Jensen Ackles hey, to say this. Does he I have resent his own... that remark, by the way. He has a mic. He has a, a brewery. Why do you resent that remark? It's called... Specifically because they're making fun of Pacific Northwest people. Ah. <laughs> Which... To be fair, there are probably four microbreweries within like There's a mile so many and a half of me. Um, it's the Seattleification. My partner works for a microbrewery. Can we backtrack for one second? I need everybody to know that Jensen Ackles Brewery is called Family Business. Great. It's it's true. It he's is. insane. This yeah, his brainworms are fucking terminal. I, the 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 thing and I was going to say is in my... the show later, like they use his beer somewhere. <laughs> The brewery my partner works for, just to really emphasize how many microbreweries there are here, is called Another Beer Company in a tongue-in-cheek sort of way. <laughs> they sell below market prices, though, and their stuff is good, so they nice. get it. They get it. Although, also, sorry. No, go on. Um, Thigh Slapper isn't even a Pacific Northwest brew. It's Midwestern. It's, well, Sam, it's not even... Sam says number one microbrew in the Pacific Northwest. Wait, is Thigh Slapper real? And then Garth no, says, well, no, we're no, in no, Kansas. No. So I think it's just Sam exactly. Dick. It's popular oh, in, the in the Pacific Northwest. It's not even right, a PNW right, ale. Right, right, right. Ridiculous. Yep, you're right. Um, I do like that they make fun of it, and then later they're like, wait, this is actually delicious. <laughs> when did Jensen found Family Business? Hold on. Presumably late into... 2017, yeah. so not yet. Like, five years after this. Um, Garth leaves. Dean says, Dean looks at Sam and says, he grows on you. 
He does. He does. Sam likes him by the end of the episode. Um. <laughs> then um, they go talk to Marie, who gives them all the like exposition. And this is where my notes just say, who the fuck? Because there's so many characters you're supposed to keep track of. And I was like, I don't even care. The ghost is going after this person. That's all yeah. I need to know. Whatever. There's a, there's so now, many characters in this there's episode. So many characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. we get the whole we get a lot of exposition. The whole thing with yeah, this is like janitor. Yeah. So there were these three guys who worked together, and one of them quit, or I guess left the business. Whether or not he quit is kind of shady. Um, and then killed himself. And then the one of the remaining two had four kids, and two of them are now dead. That's where we're at. And the other yep. guy is the godfather to those kids. He blamed himself when Dale died. And the 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 widow of the third suing guy them, is yeah. suing them. I know this family tree so well now, guys. <laughs> For the synopsis, I had to actually make it make sense. Um, I do like there's a um when they ask the guy uh some questions, he has like a very real response, like. He starts to, uh, what's he, he's like, could someone have been jealous? And he goes like, no, Marie's the only one. Th- there's no, um, and then he just starts like putting his hand on his head and like starts to trail off and like just can't do it. And it's like, yeah, this is an accurate representation of like someone who's grieving. Like he's, he tries to be normal. He's not like melodramatically weeping, but the moment he has to like actually start like thinking about the situation, or, like thinking about what happened, he starts to break down. It's good. I liked it. This is a small thing. Uh, that's pretty much all that happens in the scene, though. Uh, next up, we get the. the oh no! Hang on a second. The... So it's, oh. Marie says that Dale's wife is suing them, right? Um, Dean goes really why, and she says she's angry and grieving, and this is America. Love that. Oh moment. yeah. Yeah. The right to sue. Uh, then this girl accidentally drinks the screwdriver. She literally has one swallow. I don't know how potent a screwdriver is or how young this girl is. She, she yeah, she's like a 10-year-old. She is a small girl. Yeah, I don't it's know. Fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It doesn't actually matter. The point is she's had alcohol in her system now. Her, her, uh, the realization that she actually drank the wrong drink when the moment she sips it and like looks at it and like looks around and she just goes, oops, is really cute. Yeah, it's very cute. It's so cute extremely stupid of the mom to just literally leave it there without even yeah. saying this one's yeah. mine this one yeah, has she's alcohol. like, like all... nothing. just like put them both down next to your daughter she gets all giggly she's drawing like a map um i like the weird like blurry invisible outline we get of the ghost that's kind of neat <clears throat> and mm-hmm. then we see she sees her mom get stabbed which is rough for her it's not even a stab yeah. she like shoved her hand in her it's hand stabbed mm-hmm. like when goku killed piccolo <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I feel like I've told this story before on the podcast about how, like, my first experience with, like, graphic cartoon violence was the Dragon Ball Z, or sorry, regular Dragon Ball uh, beat-em-up on the GBA, where at the end you fight mm-hmm. Piccolo and Goku kills him just by, like, shoving his hand through his whole chest and Young Me. There's no blood or anything, but Young Me was still <clears> like, oh my god. He killed that guy yeah, with I his hand. Remember, I do remember you telling us this. That's a, it's a, it's a, uh, not pivotal. What's the word? Core memory formed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
this kid does not sell uh, seeing her mother die, though. Like, she's, like, weirdly smiling when she screams. It's fine. They could have um, done it. They probably should have done another take of that. It's fine. Dean, Sam, and Garth hang out. They talk about how beer is not uh, beer is not food. It's whatever water is because Dean is the dumbest man alive. Uh huh. You guys have already like... used the word beverage in each other's. Dean hearing. is Dean is gatekeeping beer. Seems like beer can't out. be can't have good reviews. It doesn't even matter enough to have reviews. It's just a thing you drink. Yeah. This is what it was like being around, like, cis dudes uh, in 20-whatever-it-is. It's 2012 <clears throat> at this point. Yeah. Um, anyway, then Dean actually tries it, and he's like, whoa, this is amazing. Garth drinks a whole bottle and gets wildly drunk. Yep. Uh, also, Garth is trying to fix his EMF radar, uh, mm -hmm. and I like that when Dean walks past him, it lights up, and he's like, he, like, bap-baps it. He's like, what's wrong with this thing? Um, but yes, Garth is a lightweight. And it's subtle, too. Like You don't necessarily notice that that happened. Yeah. That's, that's, which is why we get a silly little flashback later to remind us, look, see, I promise, yes. I proved it. I like the funny music that plays when Garth chugs the whole bottle and they both are just staring at him. This is where Dean goes, wow, party on, Garth. And he's like, I don't even usually mm -hmm. drink beer. <laughs> Sam goes, Garth, are you drunk? He goes, dude, he's I like, just drank a whole beer. Of course I'm beer. drunk. He's so, he's just like me for real. <laughs> Uh, he says, I, so he says, I don't normally drink beer. It messes with my depth perception, especially when I skinny dip. He has such a rich inner life. <laughs> He's so weird. Mm -hmm. I want to know what, hmm? I want to know what joke he wanted to tell them. Yeah. He, he introduces that he has a joke and then he just doesn't cause he's drunk. Yeah. Uh, they do more research. They pick up the thing on the, they pick up the mom death on the police scanner. Um, they, we, then we meet Mr. Fizzles. Mr. Fizzles. Um, I love Mr. Fizzles. I had no Mr. idea that Mr. Fizzles had an accent, because I've only ever seen, like, GIF sets or photo oh. sets. Um, I did not know that he was... I, like, I assumed he was doing a voice. I didn't know he was doing an accent for him, too. Yeah. Mr. Fizzles <laughs> wants to help, Tess. That's what he this sounds like. This is, like, the opposite end of the political spectrum from the... the oh, I can't remember the, his name. The Bo Burnham the puppet? Toy oh, no. No. The squeezy toy from um, the worst Christmas special in Doctor Who history. Oh, I have no idea. Um, I thought you were referencing the based puppet from that one Bo Burnham song. No. He wants to listen. And then Dean goes, Mr. Fizzle's gonna go where the sun don't shine. And we get a reaction shot of Mr. Fizzle's, who's like, looks shocked. He does the like shocked, like open puppet mouth. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Um, the episode is titled Return of Dr. Mysterio, by the way. Great. Um, if that gives you any hint as to how bad it is. To be clear, Mr. Fizzles is the most, like, janky sock puppet. Like, he's got, like, little, like, pasted on lips, a button eyes, and then, like, a, like, spray of different, like, colored, like, they're, like, it's, like, pipe cleaner hair. Oh, no, it's, like, little bits of yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I, be I believe you, Tess. Oh. Did it have claws? Mr. Huffle. Did it have claws? Love you, Mr. Fizzle. My favorite thing about Mr. Fizzle is that he has an IMDb credit as himself. That's so funny. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you can see him in the uh, in the in the Prime uh, X-ray thing where it shows the actors. He has top billing in the scene. <laughs> Mr. Fizzle himself. 
that's very good. But yeah, they they Mr. Fizzles works, I guess. Uh, what happens next? I wish I could find the specific gift. Good luck. Oh, um, Sam talks to the widow, right? Yeah. She hates yes. them. Yeah, she's like, I'm furious. I hate them. And uh, yeah, this is where he's like, yeah, Del got them this parting gift, the evil sake. <laughs> Uh, they figure out that the, uh, that they have to be drunk, uh, Dean starts drinking, he, <laughs> Dean says, you are strictly on wine coolers, and he's like, oh, I love those, anything sweet. Yes, woo. Me, me getting tipsy off of <laughs> fucking <laughs> hard lemonades at my brother's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get the funny little flashback, and this is where Garth figures out that the, uh, Bobby it's has Bobby. a haunted flask. Yeah. yeah, this is where he says, I burned my cousin Brandon and he stayed stuck. And yeah. then he points out they have ghosts in India where cremation is pretty much standard. Um, interesting. I love this acknowledgement. I like that Garth knows things. Exactly. He considers it did. things outside yeah. of America as like yep. actually relevant. Uh, Dean gets a call. Um, Sam tells them to come help them out because they're doing the. They're looking for the box. They get the box. They find the camera. This Dean is where they start God, getting I love drunk. People. So they can see that. I like that they have to be drunk to see the ghost in the camera. Like, sure, okay, I guess that's mm -hmm. how it works. I mean, hey, the camera can't get drunk. Yeah. Um, Sam's like, how are you going to get drunk? Can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like drinking a vitamin for you, right? Dark. It's dark. They do but like, he's not wrong. They do like a little wave when they realize that they're on the security, they're, they've gotten into the security. Oh, yes. Feed. Yeah. They're like, that's us. Look. Wee. It's cute. It's cute. Uh, yeah, they're just drinking together here. I have found Mr. Huffle. Nice. It was very important to me. Yeah, I looked it up in the background while you were talking about it. I do not remember that at all. I remember that episode a little bit. Not Mr. Huffle. I don't know where he comes in. Mr. Huffle is all I remember from that episode. Okay. Mr. Huffle feels pain. Sam goes, he let that thing out of the box. It was falling in the place with all the thingies. And Dean goes, that's smart. <laughs> me too, guys. <laughs> he goes, I'm actually kind of drunk. What is this? Me like you. I miss these talks. And then this and is it's where... Like, it's like a really fancy... It's gotta yeah. be tequila. When Baxter comes in, he spits it back into the cup. He's and then a baby. They get... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they they both look like so sloshed and so like like their mom just caught them. Yeah. Of, like breaking into the liquor cabinet. And then they're like, what do we do? And then Garth's just there with this taser and he gives them this like, he looks so proud, this look on his face. Uh-huh. There's a deleted scene at this part that's in the transcript at the very bottom. Um, because Randy was in middle of calling 911 and his phone like falls on the floor in middle of the call where the dispatcher is like, are you okay? Um, so in the deleted scene, Garth picks up the phone and goes, uh, yeah, Joe's Pizza on Main Street. And the dispatcher goes, this is 911 emergencies only. He goes, oh, man, so no pizza <laughs> and hangs up, which is so fucking funny. I guess they got cut it for time, but like, that's so good. That's that peak, though. That's peak. That is good. That handshake Han Solo. <laughs> You're so right. Uh -huh. Except Garth was smoother about it. <laughs> 
Um, I have no idea if this Japanese is right, but they do have a Japanese actor saying it. My favorite thing is he's apparently a Shinto priest. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Or at least close enough to one for the sword. I'm like, <laughs> this guy works in a sushi restaurant. Shrug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a classic, like, uh, this sort of, like, urban fantasy thing of, like, I, I would have liked if they had gone into a little bit further. It was like, okay, I had to go, like, I quickly... Get a little, little Japan online. or something. I, I don't think that's how Shintoism works, <laughs> but maybe he, like, went and did a little thing or, like, I, yeah, I don't know. But it is funny. Googling how do you I am also how doing do that. you become a Shinto <laughs> priest? No, you have to do like a whole school or Oh damn, okay. Then yeah. I mean maybe that's what he did. See, you should just go to like a Shinto shrine in Little Japan. Although I suppose they probably don't have one of those, depending on how big the city is. It's so like the thing is is like Shinto's like not a centralized religion. So like No. I would believe it more, though, rather than being like, yeah, this sushi yeah. chef, not only does he, he, he know about this stuff, but he's also a Shinto priest, yeah. and he knows how to do the ritual. Okay. Well, uh, At least they pay him. Yeah, though. they do pay they him. They do pay it's him, funny. and I appreciated that. Like, imagine you're taking your 15-minute break, and some guy jumps at you and is like, hey, can you translate this box for me? Like, I guess this was uh -huh. before the days of Google Lens, you know? <laughs> It's just an old myth. I wouldn't worry about it. Just go find a dictionary in the library. I do. It's like they're not known for being friendly. This is what I was saying earlier, but like, yeah, they are. They are, though. <laughs> the most famous story about them is one that's like super chill. Well, we all know that uh, creatures from other religions yeah. and other cultures can never be chill. There's no such thing as like a good spirit in Supernatural. Nope. They're all, they're all, they all want to hurt people. Well, Mary was. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no such thing as a good spirit except for the ones that are directly their friends. Except for the ones who yeah. are randomly um, non-violent. Well, I guess whatever. Yeah. The ones who are dead white women can be neutral. Um, I think it's a shame that there, we don't get a spirit tub. pun. Come on. It's a spirit yeah. spirit. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Lost. lost uh... <clears throat> Adam Glass, I'm better than you. This is where they Google the shoujo and uh, see the image of it. Um, again, it's a hairy monkey. <laughs> There's, like, literally a little section at the side of the page that just says fatal weakness. Like, this is a goddamn, like, fan <laughs> wiki page. Yeah. It's so Stupid. funny. It's so funny. I know when I'm looking up mythological creatures, I love for it to have a little section that tells me, here is how you kill it in real life. Um, this is where we learned that Sam, uh, tried to contact Bobby with, like, a Ouija yeah. board. They don't say Ouija board yeah. because that's copyright. Oh, is that why? Okay. You said yeah, it's owned by Hasbro. Yeah. yeah, Hasbro, it's a, it was a toy yeah. that Hasbro made. Yeah, the Ouija boards are so funny as, like, an occult symbol because it's literally just, like, a toy that, <laughs> yeah, has, yeah, what I said. When, hold on, when did they make it? Because Early, right? Like... <laughs> The the I want to say the Hold early nineteen hundreds. Hasbro's been around when for a while. Ouija board invented. Eighteen ninety. Yeah. Okay. I'm reading a book that takes place in like Victorian England that has a, a, a 
Ouija board yeah. in it. And I, I guess like, I should well, say cinema sins ding um no. <laughs> talking boards existed prior to the ouija board yeah being the invented. wikipedia says that um one of the first mentions of the automatic writing method used in the ouija board yeah. is found in china around 1100 ad so it's like it's old oh. yeah but, yeah, I, yeah i mean the idea of like ghost moving things etc but like the uh the, the the phrase that people use nowadays like no one says talking boards like they would have said ouija board if if it wasn't a, a copywritten word yeah, it's like a Kleenex. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like kind of mostly just action from this point on. I'm checking my notes to see if there's. Yeah, it's pretty much just the resolution of the episode. There's a fun little bit where Sam like commandeers a taxi while drunk, um, and the taxi driver refuses to speed. <laughs> He's like, "Well, I like to drive safe." Um, yes, the, uh, the taxi driver is very funny, where, uh, there's, like, people waiting to get into it, and, like, Sam just runs up, and he's, like, federal business or whatever. National uh, security. Like, National security, right? And, uh, the driver's like, I like to drive carefully. <laughs> it's a good bit for why Sam takes a bit to show up. Yeah, it's funny. Um, oh, Garth does a come with me if you want to live. Yeah, he's just like Dean for real. It's true. I mean, that's the thing that's fun about Garth is he's kind of like Dean in a lot of ways in that, like, he he's like not a poser, but he's like, hmm, he's overly performing. He he's, cool. he's overly performing masculinity in the same way Dean does. Mm -hmm. It's just that for Dean, because he looks so traditionally masculine, it like suits him more, whereas Garth does not. And so it's more noticeable on him, you know? Yeah. I think for me, the difference is that, like... Also, it doesn't read as overcompensating for Garth. It just yeah. reads as, like, this yeah, is him. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for me, it's, he's like... He's playing with gender in a fun way. Garth is I don't doing know it... things because he thinks he's cool, and Dean is doing things because he wants to be cool, yeah. you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. Because this is how things are done. But I think, like, this is the reading we have of Dean. I'm sure there are lots of people who watch this show and just think Dean is cool. Yes. Like, if you read into it, it's there, and okay, I think it's okay, textual in a lot of places. I think Dean but... does things because they're what cool guys do, and Garth thinks things are Garth cool because he does them. Yes. Okay, that's fair. So true. You are so right. He um, wanted to put on he... a little uniform, so he did. There's, like, a little Looney Tunes moment here, where when Garth <laughs> sees the ghost, he's like, he has, like, a big dopey smile on his face. In the way that sometimes, like, Looney Tunes villains, like, Wile, like uh, Wile E. Coyote, like, realizes mm -hmm. he's about to, like, get hit in the face or something. He gets this big smile, like, this, like, well, I'm screwed, haha. It's funny. And then he gets, I thought he was dead. He gets, <laughs> I, I, like, I remember, I have to, to remind myself that blunt force trauma is not a problem in this he show. He flies Because he gets glass. thrown, he would die. He gets thrown in a way that would kill him. Um, yeah, the janitor's big, like, ah, look on his face, and, like, runs, and then we get this big ghost fight, they they win the fight, it's fine. Thanks it's it's a better fight than most, because of the, like, uh, uh, the, the way they move through the space, yeah, like, Sam showing up, Sam getting owned, Dean showing up, and then Sam and Dean having to work together to fight the ghost, because Sam can see it and Dean can't, like, mm -hmm. that's all fun. It's also fun that... Um, like I mentioned in the synopsis, Garth like pops up at the end and goes, "What did I miss?" Which is what he did last yes, time. Yes, had him yes, too. yes, yes, yes. I like that a lot. That's his that, that's his role. It's like poetry. He's it so rhymes. good at like the investigative part. 
Um, but he can't do fight scenes for shit. Nope. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be He's a guy, a guy in, in the chair. <laughs> Stop! Oh my fucking god! <laughs> oh, um, one final note. When uh, Dean plunges the sword into the ghost, uh, we get a little, like, refraction effect on the sword, and it actually looks pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I'm posting it in the refs. That's fun. That's a fun way to show that the ghost got stabbed. Because it's the mm -hmm. same effect they've been using on her for her invisibility and stuff. And then she becomes invisible and she's like, oh no, I got stabbed. She does a scream oh. and her hair blows everywhere and then she falls over and shatters into dust. And it looks alright. It looks pretty good, honestly. Very much a season one monster yes, death. Yes, but looks better. Better CGI than season one Yes, had. with better CGI. Yeah. But as far as like the drama of it all. Yeah. Dean's like, yeah. where's Garth? It's like, yeah, he's like, what I miss. It's funny. He's fine. And Dean, uh, Dean has Dean a little like to talk to Bobby. Really good jacking yeah. for this bit. Yeah. Mm hmm. Jacking choices. He looks around. He looks so sad. Come on, do something. But nope. Exit Garth. Oh, yeah. We have a shot of Sam watching him being like, is my, is my boy okay? Mm hmm. He's fine. The answer has always been no, yeah. Sam. Garth's like, you guys want to hang out? Grab some brunch? Maybe some brews? So funny. Um, and he Garth, they are so hungover. Yep. Gives them both a hug. Yeah. Call me anytime. Yeah. Sam does the handshake and he's like, nah, give me a hug. <laughs> he doesn't even do he doesn't even do the man hug, the like one arm hug thing. No, he just goes in <laughs> for a big old hug. Oh, he has pie. no Yeah. He has no uh shame in himself. His hugs are normal and it's good to hug people exactly. if they want Garth to be is such hugged. A good character. I love him. I love you, Garth. What if there was a guy who was just normal? <sighs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> what if there was a guy who was normal about gender? There you go. Okay. In the supernatural. Well, show. um, I guess compared to everyone around him, there's uh, there's he's a just vibing with his gender. There's a very funny thing of um, he says uh, he says sayonara kimosavis, which is. So it, the, tri the the subtitles say speaks Japanese. No subtitles. Um, He's saying sayonara, but Kimasabe is not Japanese. That is a fake word. Incredible. Even I know that Kimasabe isn't a real yeah. word. I mean, it's based on an Ojibwe word, um, but it is not. It, it, yeah, that's not how you say that. It would be pronounced based on this phonetic pronunciation. It would be more like Kimuzavi. Sorry if you speak Ojibwe and I butchered that pronunciation, but the point is, it's not Kimosabi. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, this is where talk about Bobby's potential ghost. Well, also Sam says you're right. He has grown on me. So true. Then they talk about the ghost. Yeah. Uh, also, Dean waves goodbye, which is cute. But the, yes, then they talk about the ghost. Um, I love this conversation thematically. I think it's so good um, as like an exploration of what ghosts and ghost stories are about. Because Dean points to all this evidence that we've been tracking through the season of like weird shit is happening. It must be a ghost. Um, and Sam says, you know what I think, Dean? I think that regular people, they see ones they lost everywhere, too. And Dean says, yeah, freaking ghosts. And uh, Sam says, or they just miss them a lot. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Haunting is about grief. It's about missing people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm 
and wanting to continue I love it when them. Supernatural understands horror. Yeah, either the ghosts can't move on and can't let go, or you can't move on and can't let go. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I do like the Tasty. callback to um the beer here also, because at the time yeah. we were like, it's kind of weird that that just happened and like they don't really comment on it. But the show's like, yeah, Sam's like, yeah, when that happened, I like kind of went a little nuts. I was like, I, I did everything I could to try to figure it out. And the thing I really like is he ran all the EMF, but he ran it when Dean wasn't around. Yeah. Which means, so of course, he didn't pick up on anything because Dean had the flask on him. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. for a minute, I was like, why is Bobby hiding himself from Sam? Um, But no, yeah, it's it's that Dean has been holding the flask. Yeah, he's haunting Dean. And Sam has Dean, been hiding it from Sam. Dean, so of course they're not yeah. gonna. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. Uh, Dean's like, what Jedi that sword into my hand? Yeah. And then, oh, God. So Sam offers, like, a potential explanation about, like, the 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 shoujo might have slammed it around um dean says i mean if it was bobby he'd let us know right who knows more about being a ghost than bobby instant swayze he's such a loser and it's so tragic is like that makes sense as an argument for them they're like yeah bobby would be good at being a ghost because he knows Mm -hmm. about the supernatural and then the reveal is that bobby has been trying to contact them and doesn't know how to do it Uh, yeah yeah. dean makes a patrick swayze reference because we know he loves patrick swayze Exactly. Swayze oh. always gets a pass. Dean's like, regular people want something for once. And then Dean repeats okay. Gar's words to him. You want to grab some brunch and some Bruce? <laughs> it's so yeah. cute. That's their little buddy. The little then, fake yeah, out that we get great, here with like... The little Dean, fake out. It's good. It's Dean good. I knew it was coming, hard. but it's good it's anyway. So it's so mean. Like, of course he's coming back for the flask. The look on Bobby's face. Yeah, he's uh. like... Idiot. And of course, the only way Bobby could be standing in that room is if the flask is in the yep. room. Balls. Ugh. Really good. Yeah. Really good. And off they go. That's the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another. There's a. There's a thing that does. Maybe they cut this because because it removes the uh, Garth trust one baby thing that is true. Uh, because there's another deleted scene where when they're like drinking too much, Garth says, "You guys smell like my mom's trailer," which is dark. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the episode. Facts. Not a lot of thematically the stuff in this episode except for the good stuff on ghosts that Emma just said. Um. But uh, it was really fun. I love Garth. Garth is great. Yay. I Again, this show is best when it has funny little guys in it. Funny little guys. So true. Since funny Cass is currently natural. locked up in a psych ward. Literally, so Just true. give me more Garth. More, more Garth. Garth. More Garth. Garth and Cass need to hang out. They do need to hang out. Do they ever hang out, Emma? I don't uh, remember. I don't think they meet, but I could be wrong. I do know. Oh, Doesn't he name one of his I was just going to DM Cass? you about that. I think he did that what without ever meeting Cass. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was that big of a spoiler. No, I know. It's a minor. It's not even like a plot point. It's just like a it's minor a, thing a that gag. happens. Okay. Um, All right. I think he did it's that without yeah. meeting Cass, which is the really funny part. That is funny. <laughs> um, okay. Actor facts. I love you, Garth. Yeah. Um... Mr. Fizzles played himself. Uh, <laughs> of great performance, honestly. What Oscar a breakout worthy. role. Well, thank you. 
Um, Jim McCann was played by Eric Keenleyside, who was also Mo French in Once Upon a Time, Dr. Martin Davey in Unspeakable, Father Michael in Ladder Milk, and Mayor Dean in Superman and Lois. Chloe is played by Sarah Dugdale, who was Lizzie in Virgin River. Chris was played by David Kay, who was Jamie, Madro- bah, Jamie Maddox in X-Men Evolution. Shinichi in Nana. Uh, Naughty in Make Way for Naughty. Uh, this unlocked ancient memories in me. I remember my younger sibling watching Make Way for Naughty. Um, Cat in White Ninja. Jerry in Siren. Pierce Pocket in Polly Pocket. And Larry in Catch Me If You Can. Um... And also, he's in a bunch of Hallmark movies, including Eight Gifts of Hanukkah, <laughs> when Hallmark attempted to do one of their terrible Christmas movies, but for Jewish people. I, I, I've i heard that that movie is very, very bad. I'm so surprised. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um... Ryan McCann was played by Berkeley Duffield, who was Eddie Miller in House of Anubis, Callan in the Warcraft movie, and Holden Matthews and Beyond. Tess McCann was played by Megan Carpenter, who was in Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever, which I just <laughs> needed to share. Um, and finally, Lee was played by Andrew Francis, who was... Dylan Dow in Escaflone, Sojiro in Boys Over Flowers, Julian in Cyber Six, Ayers Blue in Infinite Rivius, Genki in Monster Rancher, Buddy in What About Mimi, Dende in the Canadian dub of Dragon Ball Z, Murata Azrael in Gundam Seed, Iceman and Bobby Drake in X-Men Evolution, Billy in Transformers Armada, Haseo in Dot Hack Roots, Takumi Ichinose in Nana, Bobby Green in Powerpuff Girls Z, Lasse Eon in Gundam Double Zero, Lin Chung in Hero 108, Lance in Voltron Force, the 2011 one, well, the new Voltron show. Ambrose and Sabrina, Secrets of a Teenage Witch. Gil and Johnny Test. Yuichi Jin and World Trigger. Cord and Slug Terra. Ty Rux and Dino Trucks. Moro and Shadow and Ninjago Masters of Spinjitsu. Oh Xander God, and Beyblade Burst. Dawson Dainskit and Checkers Pengo in Littlest Pet Shop, A World of Our Own. Shining Armor and My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Erico and Catch Me If You Can. Cole in Ninjago. And Connor O'Brien and Chesapeake Shore. Hell yeah. That was a list. Wow. Yep. Um, Again, there's only like three actors in the entirety of <laughs> Three voice actors. There's a lot of voice actors in Vancouver. This is why this keeps happening. These are always different people. But they always have such a long... Oh dis- well, yeah, that's just voice actors in general because voice acting doesn't pay as well as TV acting, so voice actors take a lot of gigs. Um, um, next week... Next week. Next week we have uh, a grave week. importance, um, which I don't know anything about. It says that there's some kind of ghost town. No, just a ghost. I don't know. Let me see. Um, and then the girl with the Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons tattoo, which is introducing All a beloved right. character. Yay! Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, is this gonna be Felicia Day? Yeah. Also, yes! also okay. note, um, this season has 23 episodes. Are we doing 19, 20, 21? Or are we doing 21, 22, We talked about this last time. We're going to do all of the finale episodes in one. Okay, I just so can't remember. We're... Fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a long one, boys. Okay, so wait. Is Felicia Day playing a D&D nerd? Or yeah. just like a big old nerd in general? Yes. She's just playing herself? Yeah. Well. Yes. Is Felicia Day queer? Um, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Yes, yeah, she plays she plays a nerdy lesbian in Supernatural. Incredible. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she plays a lot of queer characters. <laughs> <laughs> she 
So she's like she's like Mark Shepard. I don't don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a mystery for the ages. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's no. I mean, she's entitled to her privacy. Um, but she sure does play a lot of queer characters. Uh, anyway, my if I had a nickel. My dogs are dogs are upset with me. Um, so we're we're they need walkies. We're driving away from our loved ones until next week. Yep. 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 We can't hear who's who's the ghost here? Who can whose voice can't we not hear? Can we not hear? Alex. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think Alex should be the <laughs> Alex is haunting your keyboard. Mm-hmm. Quit telling people I'm dead. <laughs> I can still hear us. All right, All right goodbye. <laughs> Bye. The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find a link in the episode description. <laughs>